Hey now, Matt here from the SWTS, just letting you know I got a little forgetful this week and forgot to do the intro, so you just get this, and then you'll hear the music, and then you'll hear me doing the intro live on the live stream version of the show, which is the same thing you listen to on the podcast platforms, but just want to let you know, may the Force be with you, and don't you forget, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. Here's 292. Well, we don't have our intro today, so give me a second. It's a special day. We've got a special guest, as you can see here, but hold on. Show's not starting yet. If you're new here, you should be used to our wonky uh, segues or just our show starts in general. So because I don't want to rob any of our long-term fans of our iconic The Clone Wars-inspired intros, here we go for episode 292. On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt will be joined by Connor from the Beyond the Dune Sea show, while Nick scours the galaxy for some spice. Matt will dive into Connor's Star Wars life before they both discuss the most anticipated new Star Wars hitting fans' hands and minds in 2024. They'll also riff on the major Mando and Ahsoka news from today. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week segment and the latest round of Top High Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch a Chewy? Hey, we're here. Welcome, Connor, <laughs> to the wow. show. How do you like that? Live Dude, that was like That was like being at your favorite artist, like live. <laughs> you know, you've been there for a lot. Like, you're, you were looking forward to a concert. You know, I'm glad you didn't pre-record it because that was thank cool. I got, to, I got to be here in real time. Thank How you. Thank that? you. Thank you. Well, hey, it's great to have you here, man. I mean, I, you know, we were talking before we went online. It, it's been years since you and I have kind of known each other through digital platforms mostly instagram and and this dumb little show we're on today uh but you know we, we've never really sat down and chat uh we when we, we kind of stopped doing the toy photography interviews before we we, we got to you and all that fun stuff but now you're here and it's it's even more special because uh if if you fandos are out there aren't aware uh, i mean i've i've been hyping the show since october which surprises even myself because you know, I, I'm a big fan of this guy, but we all know I have problems. Okay, <laughs> I am a a a, a self described Star Wars narcissist, and it's it's really been hard for me to pay attention to any other Star Wars fan content produced on the internet until Connor and his boy Seth fired up at Beyond the Dune Sea, which it's on Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and I'll well, tell I mean, you what, man. You you guys, you, you have a fan of me, you had a fan of me from, from day one, but to this day, you are the only Star Wars fan creators that I can tolerate and not completely feel like a loser uh, when, when I look at my accomplishments compared to what you two have already uh, kind of garnered here just since October. So kudos to you both. I mean, we appreciate that so much because you guys were a big push for us to do what we do because i mean we through the toy photography and as press pause photography like i have i actually i haven't pulled up um i have this photo and you you probably don't remember this photo i don't know if the, anybody at home can see this this was my first ever photo that i posted on instagram 
And I copied a bunch of hashtags just from somebody random. Happened to have your hashtag. Woo -woo. You guys shared it. And that was like my push to be like, oh my gosh, this is a, people care. People care about these dumb things that I'm doing. <laughs> and Hey, we made dreams like, come true on the Star Wars time show. It was a Wars massive motivator. And then over time, a couple years later, getting to know Seth and we wanted to start this show. I was, uh, he, he had been turned on to you guys too, because you shared some of his work. Uh, cause he also does a little bit of the toy photography. I don't, I don't think at, at the layered geek produces anymore. Does he, or he does on occasion. Right. Uh, he's not as active, um, as, as I was, but, uh, he's, he's more sparse with, with his work. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were really inspired by what you and Nick do and we were like, Hey, let's try to do something. We'll try to do our own spin. Um, and we were really conscious of, uh, trying to do something different. Uh, and hopefully people would like it because you guys have a very like established sort of brand and all that. And we, we love it, you know, and we, uh, we, it's, we, we lament on the days that uh, a lot of days we sometimes record on, well, on occasion we, I work a lot on Tuesdays and I don't get to watch the show anymore <laughs> because of what we do, but I always catch up on it while I'm hey. at my actual job. As, but, as long as you're yeah. giving us a view here or there, we'll, we'll let you slide that you, you know, oh, make the lives every, every Tuesday, but <laughs> every time don't, don't you worry. Hey, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we have a very small, some call it minuscule but dedicated fan base. And I, I appreciate you all. By the way, Discord, <laughs> if you want to hit us up, we got an open link in our Instagram bio link at starwarstime.show. If you're just listening now and you're on the podcast version, don't forget, we do live streams every Tuesday, 5 p.m. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. I'm usually joined by young Nick, but like the announcer said, he's out there trying to score some crack for Chief Matlu for the next episode of Scoundrels of the New Republic which uh, we hope to record with Sir Dork and 1-6 Shooter before January's out, if you're into that type of shit. Nick's, Nick's got to sign it up on. I, I don't know how much you get in the D&D &D or if at all, Connor, but apparently there's this Roll20 site now that we might start mm -hmm. using, and you might be able to see our little characters moving on the screen as, oh, we, nice. as we go through uh, young Nick's stories that he plans for us. So stay tuned for that content coming down the road. I uh, can't tell you when or what it'll be about, but who cares? It's free, so quit your complaining, right, everybody? <laughs> All right, well, hey, welcome out there. We got we got a few new people, it looks like, in the live stream audience. Connor bringing some friends over there. We got Star Wars Sith. I see his content all the time. What's up? We got the uh, Mortis FM team. I know you guys have teamed up with them as well. Yep. Um, people awesome. stay. People stay away from us. We're kind of like a cancer, so. Oh, I, my goodness. I appreciate, I appreciate you. You uh, signing on to be guest host today, which is going to be fun because I, you know, listen, I, I know you can you can talk Star Wars. I'm not going to be left here with with someone that I kind of it's like pulling teeth to work with. So that's good. Uh, I, I want to know a little bit about Beyond the Dune Sea myself. But, you know, we got some big official confirmed Lucasfilm news yeah, to kind of dive into today as well. So uh, those of you that are in for the long haul, we're, we're going to keep talking with Connor here. We're going to get into some questions that the fans asked us this week. We'll tackle the news. Mando and Grogu. What does it mean for Mando season four? Is it going to be season four or is it going to be something extra? And then, obviously, we have a, a special topic planned where Connor and I are going to take you on a tour of our most anticipated Star Wars of 2024. And no, it's not just shows and moving pictures. You know, my man here, like me, he still likes to collect dolls. 
he's into that type of stuff, unlike Nick. So we're going to talk some of the toys we're looking forward to, some of the video games. It's going to be a good a good conversation with a, another loyal and mostly correct Star Wars fan. Uh, I say mostly because mostly of, all <laughs> correct. Actually, thank you. Just well, I, for you, I brought it. <laughs> hey, I, I don't know if you tuned in last week, but he, even young Nick was really starting to flame through the prequels out of nowhere. I was it's like, like <laughs> I was watching it while I was editing, and I was like, guys, yeah, I've um, I, I might have rubbed off a little too much on him. He, he, he seems to get angrier and angrier the more years or the, each year we do this show, and I just think it's it's osmosis right through through the ethernet he's slowly turning into a short little chubby curmudgeon just like myself and (laughs) there's a part of me that's happy about that but i'm also sad because he used to be pretty fucking positive (laughs) i think we beat it out of him all right hey be mad thank you brother we always appreciate those uh super chats you are our guy um he's saying sorry connor but swts is the best that's all right They've earned it. They've he, earned the number one spot. We well, didn't well, take hey, no offense. We, we didn't earn shit. You, you guys will probably <laughs> double our channel's subscribers in another three months. And it, really, that's just a testament to the, uh, the quality are content. Just, I, I uh, understand. Listen, I'm, I, I'm not turning this into a pity party, but th- this is how I am. Like, it just, you know, play along. I, 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 I get it. I've, I've come to terms with my niche in Star Wars life. It's uh, basically I'm a nobody, but that, that's fine. So, you know, let, like I said, let, let's get into Connor. I, I know you did the tour with, with Sith, and so I'm not going to try to rehash a lot of that type of stuff. Maybe get a, an interesting question in there or two. Um, but I guess just general general question, man. What, what do you do in life what do I outside do? of make kick-ass Star Wars verticals and a, a weekly show? So what, what, <laughs> what, what kind of set you up for that? high level of video production quality we see well i've been in video in one way or another for like 10 years um and it's all started in the dumbest way i was in high school it was toward the end of high school and uh a friend of mine and i a few friends of of mine and i we just decided uh it i it's it's weird my relationship with technology was sort of delayed. Like I didn't have internet for a very long time, even though I'm of that generation, I didn't have a lot of that stuff. So a friend of mine showed me that you could just upload videos to YouTube and it blew my mind. Uh, and so I was like, okay, let's do that then. And we made the dumbest things you could possibly imagine. I mean, the cringiest of cringe. Um, and (laughs) one of those friends and I, uh, we're like, we're going to make this a, we're going to do this. Uh, and he went off to film school. I was like, I wasn't sure that's what I wanted to do. So I went to school for engineering. I minored in film. Uh, but all that time, that's, that's all I did. I just, any spare moment I was filming. Uh, I had, right the summer before my freshman year of college, I put out a casting call. And I was like, Hey, anybody who's interested in starting a film crew, I, I want to do it. Let's do it. And so I got a list of names and to this day, I'm still friends with many of those people. And we, uh, we, every weekend and every most weekends we were out filming and we made tons of stuff and they were really bad for a long time, but then it hit a point where they started to be kind of good. 
<laughs> and they just, our whole idea, the philosophy was we wanted to set up an opportunity just for anybody to be able to come make stuff because there was kind of, there's a lot of gatekeeping at the school I went to about video production where like you had to be, you had to know somebody, you had to be a certain, you had to be a senior in order to hold a camera. You know, we're like, forget that. If you want to come try it, come try it. And we were fortunate enough as a group, we were able to amass some equipment and that's what we did. And then we made some commercials, we made some, uh, some other things and, uh, kind of got to the, it did reach a point where nothing was happening though. And I felt like I'd kind of lost my place and everything. And I felt like I'd wasted all my time to be, to I feel, be honest I with feel you. that every day, like every single day of my life. Um, but then I found like the toy photography stuff. Cause I was just always itching. I needed to do something creatively. It was like uh, people right. who are creative. I'm sure you know the same thing. It's like you, you have to do it. It's an impulse. You, it, it'll eat away at you. I call and it a so sickness, found, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I it, agree. It is. I found toy photography and I was like, okay. Uh, the, and that really helped me hone my skills because people <laughs> used to make fun of me. I still to this day use after effects for photo editing, but because I do that, I doing the show, it has sharpened my skills with visual effects in ways that I would have otherwise not been able to do. So then Seth, when I met him, I met him through a toy shop. I, I know the local toy shop owner here in town. Um, we're good friends. He, he's my hot toys dealer. That's what I joke. I, I still, <laughs> I remember, I, I still need to ship that guy boatloads of my black series yeah. just to get him the hell out of my house. I, I remember that. I know. Yeah. I, keep, I keep telling you, <laughs> but, uh, I met Seth through him and it was okay. funny. Because- I see. I figured you guys, I mean, you have such a great chemistry. I figured you guys were, were like friends from childhood. I know. And that's, what's crazy is we keep, as we learn, we've known each other maybe for about three years now. And wow. the more we learn each other, the more we learn about each other, we have the same story. It's so odd. Like the way that our conversation even met is I made a fan series, a DC comics fan series several years ago. And I was talking to this toy store owner about it. His name's Mike. And Seth had overheard me and he's like, Hey, I did that same thing. I made, I made a Batman thing. And he was showing me his and I'm like, I filmed in that same spot. <laughs> and he was like, really? And I'm, he we're showing each other. I'm like, this is so weird. It's like the same thing. And we started talking to each other and he's like, I, I am just you, but 10 years older than you. And I'm like, that's wild. And so even still now doing the show and getting more stories out of each other, it's making it's like, sense. Now. I have that. I have that story. Like just when we did our, uh, we did our. Star Wars origin stories, that episode a few uh, right before Christmas. And he said, he was like, you know, my ninth birthday, that was the birthday where like, I really became a Star Wars fan. That's my story. I, when I was my ninth birthday, I became a Star Wars fan. (laughs) <laughs> what what was it, Connor? What what was the one thing in particular? Was it family, friends, or you just stumbled upon the Grail? So I was not I was not a fan. I had been introduced to Star Wars when I was a kid by my dad a couple times. Um, so this is why you think the prequels are the best. No, I see. I knew you were going to say this. I was not. <laughs> I was introduced to the prequels. I I remember being introduced to the Phantom Menace by my dad. Uh, no, my, my point that you, you didn't, you weren't even into star Wars until you're almost nine. So, you know, you didn't, you didn't get the, the bug early from the OT, right? I was, I, I became a fan with a new hope. I was, uh, what finally did it was my great grandfather was in the hospital. He was in the ICU and my mother and I 
went to stay the entire weekend and they had a little VHS, uh, a VHS cart in the Hell back yeah. corner. And at the top of that stack was a new hope. And I was like, it's the only one in here I'm even remotely interested in. So I put that in and that was kind of the whole story. I remember after that weekend, we came home, I called my mamaw who had a, uh, uh, a, a membership at a local video store. She went there and we rented all of the rest of them. And it was all, and it was, that was 2004. And that was right before revenge of the Sith came out. So all of them, but revenge of the Sith were at that video store. I took them all home. I watched Empire Strikes Back. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I watched Return of the Jedi. I was like, this is also the coolest thing I've ever seen. I remember not being so hot on Attack of the Clones. But uh, I was Which really hyped for now Revenge of the I, Sith. Now I think maybe one of the most classic Star Wars movies of all time. I know. Like, I, I heard that last week. I, I, like, dude, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know. It's grown on me too. Just watched it two weeks ago, like I said last week. It, I, there's just something about it. I mean, all the wonkiness, all the bad acting goofy scenes now bad looking cg it just it's it adds a new level of charm to that film that it, it's just mm -hmm. i it's undeniable I, I i get it i understand why people think it's one of the worst but it's 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 like a magical train of fuckery these days i i don't know i just it's a beautiful I, I thing it it's a beautiful thing to watch because sometimes you're just laughing at it other times you're like okay th this is was actually pretty good and other times you're going, oh, come on, George, like, what, what the fuck were you thinking here? But it is, it's a gem to me. It really, it is a gem. Still think TPM number one. And uh, I might have to put clones now above, above Sith, but we're not, we're not going to get in that little pissing Man, match. An argument for another day, huh? <laughs> well, hey, that, that's not a bad, or so were the VHS's special edition or did you get the, the real stuff? I, to be honest. I want to say they were the originals because I don't remember that Jabba the Hutt scene in Good. A New Hope. And and you ended with Yub Nub instead of Victory Celebration, right? Now, now no, I think that when I rented them because I, I only I only watched A New Hope on the VHS. I think that I probably watched. Eh, you probably had the DVDs. By ESB, then. yeah. Well, because I remember these covers, like I had these covers for uh, the other two. Oh, like yeah. I remember vividly. But those those do have the original versions on them. Those are like some of the only discs out there that you can get that still have well, the original. Not cuts. those. It's it's the gold covers, which might okay. have been the gold covers. I don't know, but uh, got. You. I want to say it probably was the special editions of the other two, but I'm pretty sure the oh, New Hope was the original. Yeah, I'm a dickhead. I just this just this holiday season, I bought for some reason because I I also subbed to Disney Plus. I, I bought the, the Skywalker saga digitally for some reason, because I didn't want to, yeah, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to sign into to Disney plus and all. I just want to write my Apple TV or movies anywhere library. So yeah, I'm that type of dickhead. I've probably bought the, the, the core, well, the core three movies. I, I, I probably have five sets of that. Uh, the mm. prequels, I have three because I, I, I was I mean, I was 19 when TPM came out. I remember buying Phantom Menace on VHS, actually. Okay. Uh, and I remember when PS2 came out, I got my DVD player and then waiting for the DVDs coming out. And that, that was that was life changing to me because we are, you know, you're you're closer to Nick's age, right? Are you in your 30s yet or? No, you, not quite. Okay. Not you're, quite. So you're even younger than young Nick. So you're young, young Connor. And it sounds like Seth is closer to me. Uh, but maybe mid thirties or is he closer to Nick? Mid, about mid thirties. Yeah. All right. 
but he he's an intelligent guy. I heard his favorite film is Return of the Jedi, so I know he's yes. he's got his head screwed on straight. Well, his second sure. is ROTS though. So Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe he was just having a bad day that day. You never it might have been. It could have been. <laughs> you, you never know. All right. So the, the OT sucked you in, but then the was it the prequels because that would have been the first one you got to go see at a theater. Then Sith, right? Yes, it was. So it was the whole thing, like because it was the marketing of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the Revenge of the Sith marketing was just. I mean, the toys, the games, all of it. I I became a fan right at that time. Yeah. And then I went to go see it actually at a drive-in with my sister. And that was like kind of the the last nail in the fandom coffin there, if you will. <laughs> so you would have been what, like nine tens when all this is going on? Yep. I would have been, that would have, yeah, I would have been nine. Holy shit, man. I'm, I am such an old, I, I am, I am everything that people on the internet call me. I'm the old guy yelling at clouds. Um, hey, but, but you got to experience the other ones in, in theaters. Like, I'm, I'm envious of that. Well, he, he, I was going to kind of talk about that with you. And it, it, it's part of the reason I think why my generation is always going to be questionable on the prequels. We're just, it's everything different. Brains were differently formed. I was in mm-hmm. a different period of life as a, as a college kid and then working. I mean, I was thinking about last night. My prequel journey started in high school and ended at my first career type of job like I, I it was essentially I remember following the production of TPM when I was a sophomore junior senior uh, TPM came out my freshman year of college I remember you know my dorm at Kent State trying to find the trailer because back then there was no YouTube none of that shit I mean you had to go to the movie to watch those trailers or get lucky and someone had it on Kazaa or a peer-to-peer uh, so that came out, saw TPM 10 times, loved it, loved the sound, Maul, Duel of the Fates. AOTC rolls around, now I'm in college, you know, I think I was like a junior. Got to see that before anyone else. Uh, we knew a dude that owned a, a theater, so we got to see it literally in the theater wide open, just us. My buddy oh, and I cool. were looking at each other, we're like, yeah, this is good, isn't it? This is really good. And at the end, yeah, Yoda's fighting. And we were, we're that's the first time I started to be like, um... I don't, I don't, I think I like this, but it's not necessarily going the route I expected, but hey, it's the middle movie, it's okay, look at all those Jedis in the arena there, look at all the lightsabers, Django, Boba, okay, and then Sith comes around, and, and maybe this is my problem, at this point, I'm almost 25, uh, I'm working my pro career at Kroger, I'd been moved to Fort Worth, moved up to... Detroit movie comes out. I, I take it in and Connor, I'm like, okay, this is it. This is going to be the one I'm finally going to see how Anakin falls. The circle is going to be complete. My life will be finished. I can die tomorrow. I mean, I, I used to be that type of fan. Hey, God, give me a couple more years till revenge of Sith comes out. As soon as I see that, I'll be all right. Comes out. <laughs> And, you know, I go through it at the first time, like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's good, right? That's good, right? It was all this, like, trying to convince myself, like, yeah, that that's what I wanted. And and after the second or third viewing, just like, no, th- no, no, I have been let down. And it, it, is it a case that we all suffer from as Super Star Wars fans, the, the old headcanon shit? Sure, sure, there was some headcanon stuff in there. Um, but every time I watch it, even now when I'm much softer on Revenge of the Sith, I, I, I still just look at it and see a lot of missed opportunities, 
a lot of bad writing, a lot of bad directing, and a lot of bad acting. And I know that's not necessarily all the fault of, of Hayden and Ewan and, and Natalie. Uh, a lot of it's on George. It just, I don't know, man. It just, I, See, I had very high expectations and they were not met. So I will admit that that's some of my saltiness is from headcanon nonsense. But they're, they're just, I think some of my critiques have some merit to them as well. No, I think that it's interesting. I've, sp- I've spoken to a lot of, since starting the show, people who were of that generation who grew up with us old fucks us us 40 plusers (laughs) (laughs) and what's fascinating is a lot of you guys have the same story you had 15 years to come up with your own yeah and it was like there was no way it didn't matter and at least in my view i don't think there was in there was any story that was going to match it because star wars became this phenomenon unlike anything had ever come before it at least on the big screen right i mean you had comics that it's the only thing that would rival it uh, and you guys had 15 years to try to come up with your own version of this because we, correct me if I'm wrong, but you knew George was going to be making these movies. I mean, he was talking for D- that, that's dec- what I mean. Connor. I mean, I, I in high school subscribed to star Wars insider. That's really where you could only get news back then. Cause the internet yeah. wasn't around when I was in high school. It just became commercially available in yeah. the mid nineties dial up my friends. Most of you don't even know what that is. So yeah, I, I would I would subscribe to Star Wars Insider. I, I I forget it was like quarterly or bi bi monthly. You didn't even get it every every month, and that's how I would follow along with the development. I mean, it was such a different time back in the late '90s, early 2000s when the prequels were being made. The, the, the internet was not what it is today. There's no YouTube. There's no video sharing. There was no fucking smartphones. Like there's no right. there's no going to the set and getting set pics and, and none of that stuff. So yeah. I, it was George telling us, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm writing it. This is what it's going to be about. Here's, oh, Jake Lloyd was cast. All right, cool. Well, this person, all right, everything's looking good. TPM comes out. I was still like, yeah, I can dig this. And then, you know, clones is where I, I the doubt started to, to settle in, even though I still was, my fan head was fighting it back. Like, no, it's, that was, that was good, right? That was good. And and then Sith, like I said, I think I, I kind of then at that point put all my eggs in the Sith basket. And while it opened strong and yeah, it's got some great imagery, you got the battle of the heroes at the end, you got, you know, Anakin getting the, the armor put on, all that stuff's fantastic. I just still am never going to come to terms with, in that movie, how his turn is portrayed. It just seems sure. overly convenient snap of a finger all right fuck it i i'm gonna give up everything i i stood for was crying about so on so <laughs> forth because the guy i just named as a sith lord told spun a line of bull at a at an opera that i was even kind of curious about when he was telling me so i, I don't know I, I wanted to see a little more strife maybe a little more anger pop out here and there kind of yeah, like how see, we got to see him in the clone wars see i always as an outsider looking in like when I got to experience the movies, I feel like I got to experience what it, to me, George's vision seems like it's consistent, but I can see how someone who grew up with the OT is able to form. I think what, correct me if I'm wrong, someone in in your generation wanted to see like a Heisenberg situation where like he was always this guy. And then we just see him turn to Vader. Whereas I think George is trying to tell more of a fallen angels story where it's everybody's beating him down until the point where he finally falls. And that's a different type of story than a Heisenberg type story. 
Because I, even in going back and reading some of George's interviews talking about uh, Anakin prior to uh, his writings of the prequels and talking about how he was going to go out and personally hunt down the Jedi and he's going back to talk to Padme. We didn't know her name was Padme at the time. I, I'm sure you've read a lot of those old interviews. There was a lot of that old artwork. I'm sure you've seen that too. Of uh, it's, it's super cool. Um, and yeah, it seems like it's he's always this monster that just put on a face but um at least in the version that we got that was complete with the prequels i think george always intended to tell more of a fallen angel story at least that's my interpretation of it yeah i i i i'll buy into the the heisenberg thing just just a, a few more peaks under the surface, because we we always knew this character was troubled. I mean, that was identified mm -hmm. in, in TPM. Yoda didn't even want to touch him because he, he knew the potential that what could happen taking on someone with that much baggage. Uh, I do think in clones, the the whiny Anakin that that was probably the right way to go at that age, eighteen, nineteen. You know, kind of feeling bent that his master, he's always feeling like he's being held back. I, I like that. That to me is, yeah, that would be angsty teen Anakin whiny fucker and, yeah. you know, kind of feeling being held back and, and, and letting loose and, and losing control, wiping out a village of Tuscans. That, yes, okay, yes, that makes sense to me. And then we we skip seven seasons of Clone Wars where we see him become even more skilled in, in battle, but also struggle even more with the darkness within him. You know, at one point in time, he tries to kill his at Clovis because he's macking yeah. on Padme. I mean, it. and then you get the rots and you get the rots. And I know everyone's like, well, by then he's all tempered and fine. I mean, he's 23. He's he just the war is just ending, but he seems perfectly put together he's he's fine no issues no no questioning of his of his dark side or some of the darker things he's done in the past he's just really? fine you don't think so no i think that that duel with count dooku is all of that no uh, again i he wanted to do he was ready to do the right thing dooku or i'm sorry city is like no nah, fucking kill him that's the, do it like he's See, I think that Sidious that's one of those, him, where it's he, a crucial scene where like he is struggling with that. He has his hate and his anger. That's what Dooku points out to him. And that's how he defeats him. But then he's like, I, I still don't think I should kill him, though. And then Palpatine goads him into it. But then Mace later says the exact same thing that Palpatine tells him, which in Anakin's mind is just like, you guys are exactly the same. The Sith and the Jedi. What does it matter? I just need to take the path that I need to take to save my wife. And at this point, you guys are no different. I think that that through line is, at least to me, it's it's perfectly visible. No, I I I agree. That through line's visible. What's hard for me is you go from Jesus of the Force, <laughs> right? That's who he is. To in, in one second, I'm gonna go murder, genocide, everything. It, it just doesn't resonate for me. Doesn't. Like I mean. The scene after he goes and kills all his former friends, including kids. Yeah, I mean it's rough. It's rough. I mean it's. And I he looks happy that, doing it. Like none of that makes he looks sense. Happy to me. doing it. He's <laughs> crying the whole time. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah. So we could argue about this all day, though. Yeah, I know. I, look, we're, we'll move on. And you have fun, you have it's made fun. some very valid points, and um, it's 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 not really going to change my mind. Just like I'm never going to change your mind. But it's, yeah, that's okay. We all got our favorite Star Wars, and yeah. that's all right. All right. So, uh, character then, who's your number one? It depends on the day. Sometimes it's Luke. Sometimes it's Darth Vader. Right now, it's Luke. I think Luke is just the epitome of like the perfect hero. I think that he is, he's the guy who will put his lightsaber away. Like that moment in Return of the Jedi is the Star Wars moment, in my opinion. I think it is the, not only the character defining moment of Star of Luke, but like of Star Wars. It like shows what Jedi are, what, uh, um, and what it means to be both a hero and a Jedi in the Star Wars universe. And so Luke is always, probably always going to be my number one. Just not jake skywalker right you know i i'm okay with some of the stuff they do with him in that movie it's yeah that's me a too. whole other no, mixed me, bag me too like <laughs> l- l- i'm not i'm not really down on on tlj the, the only thing that bums me out is i 100 percent agree that luke would check himself out of the galaxy just like his two masters before him did i mean yeah. he, he's doing what they did what bothers me to this day even on my last rewatch of it is just the way he reacts he acts. yeah yes, he, he just he acts mean. like a yeah, yeah he's, he's a he's a dickhead and and luke would not do that but luke would definitely take himself out of play um i, I just I, my I, biggest issue with that movie it is my least favorite i'll be honest it's my least favorite star wars movie my biggest issue is that it feels like just an arrogant deconstruction of star wars and it absolutely drives me up the wall. <laughs> so you loved Ryan's documentary then that came with no, the film. No, oh gosh, don't even get me started on it, that documentary. The whole documentary is essentially just fighting Mark Hamill. Yes. Oh gosh, that documentary. <laughs> yeah. By the I, way, if no one's watched this, go check it out. It, it, it's literally if called you like make yourself mad for two hours. Go watch. It's called the Director and the Jedi. Yeah. You, you, the way you described how you were when you were watching Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, that was me with TLJ. I was like, okay, I like this, right? Yeah, okay. And then I got home, and I, I literally went to bed. I just went to bed when I got home <laughs> after that movie. And then I was like, I convinced myself over the next few months that I liked it. And then the the movie came out. I bought it on Blu-ray, and I was really excited because I'm a big BTS nut. I love watching the behind-the-scenes oh, stuff. Oh, that's what did it for you. You watched the, the documentary. Oh, dude, I watched that, and it made me so mad. I just... I was like, no, I, how can you do? Yeah. yeah. It just, Hey, l- listen, it. I mean, I, I know you're not one of these types of fans where you're going to sit there and attack Ryan Johnson and his face and his family. I mean, I think Ryan's, no, a, no, he's a he's supremely a tremendous director. Yeah. He's a talent. Tremendous. He I mean, he, he directed the best episodes in breaking bad, which is my favorite TV show. Yeah. He, tremendous. Just not the best writer in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I, I still think, if we're, if we're just ranking the, the trilogy films, Tross is a way bigger disaster than The Last Jedi. But. Yeah, it, I mean, what's frustrating is it's like they keep trading. It, uh, I think I sent it to you. There's this video out there. It's called The Anti-Trilogy. It's a really good deconstruction of the <laughs> sequel trilogy. It has a really like abrasive title, but it's a really good just yeah. deconstruction of the, of the trilogy. And it's basically how TFA is kind of the anti-prequel movie, but then TLJ is the anti-TFA movie, but then... 
Tross is the anti TLJ movie and they just keep like fighting each other. And it, it, I, I agree. Like as a movie, Tross is probably the worst one. Oh, it's so shit. Yeah. But I can't deny it's, it's my guilty pleasure movie. It's, it's got some fun moments in it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's probably the closest to attack of the clones in the sequel trilogy where it's yeah, just, I, that's a good way to put it actually. Shit dialogue, odd writing choices, yep. some, suspect acting here or there. like that opening man it fools you because i think the the first like 10 minutes of that movie is really good it's yeah really no fun. no no 100 it, it where it loses it for me is once they what everyone wanted once all the heroes get together and just yeah randomly <laughs> fart around with bullshit nonsense and ochi of bestoon crap from the comic books so yeah uh, um, hey, yep. Hero here in the chat, it's um, if you have the the streaming version of, of TLJ or like I said, the, the Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure it's it. on Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney. I, yeah. Doesn't Disney Plus have a lot of the BTS that that came yeah. out on the Blu-rays when that when that set was released? If you go to special features, I think. Yeah, it, it, it Connor's not wrong. I mean, I, listen, I'm not as upset at, at TLJ as, as most people, but Connor's not wrong. That that documentary is very interesting. And it, it, it completely illustrates why Mark Hamill was so gruff and ho-hum during the press tour for TLJ. Yep. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone remembers those days, but Mark Hamill was not in a good place. With, no, he wasn't. With and that you can see why with that documentary. That's for sure. <laughs> he did not like any choice Ryan made about his character. And by the end, it, it, isn't it in that documentary, Connor, where he dubs him Jake Skywalker? Or was that I, in a, I'm in an sure interview? I'm not sure if that's in in there. I just know there's a quote in the documentary where uh, I think it's Johnson's producer he works with all the time. I forget his name. But he says, it, it's a shot of Mark Hamill looking all sad. And it's his voiceover. And he's like, you know, he just really thought he was going to be the Luke Skywalker of this trilogy. And it's like, you know, you can make that analogy in any other franchise, but he is Luke Skywalker. Right. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope everyone knows that even if George wrote these, Luke wasn't going to be the main hero. None of them were going to no, be the no, main no, no, hero. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, but they were trying to take his character in all these ways and they right. weren't listening to him. He was saying, I just don't think Luke would do this. And they were like, you're the actor. We're the we're the writers. No, 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 I, 100%, 100%. And it's like, well, but when you've played the character for 40 years, I think you have a little bit of authority on what the character would do. No, I, I agree. And as we said, when we started this, Luke, 100%, just like Yoda did, would say, I fucked up so bad. I am. Everyone's better off without me. He would not have treated people that way, especially yeah. not chew ass Baca. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> His boy Chewbacca. And he, he's like throwing him out and treating him like garbage. Get out of here. All right. But to end yeah, that on a high note, I will say his showdown with Kylo Ren is prob probably one of my favorite scenes in the sequels. It is. It is pretty awesome. I, awesome. I, I just wish it was his actual body and not this force projection stuff. You, you don't like that? I think that's cool. You know, I really when I first saw it, Connor, I shit you not, as most of us, because none of none of us were looking if he was leaving footprints. We all thought he was there. And I was, yeah. and I was expecting that even as he watched Ray and Chewie fly away. And he burns the tree. Yoda comes there. I was like, he's going to fucking show up. He, he's going to get that X-Wing out of the pond. Yeah, right. We're, we're going to see it or he's at least going to show up at the, at the right time. And, and, and it, it tracks, it tracks, it tracks. And then you get the big huzzah. And I, I will admit the first time the huzzah happens, you're like, oh, shit. 
he did co- completely play his nephew like a fiddle. But there's a part of me that would have liked to seen him go out like Obi-Wan and, and kind of actually be there and, and, and disappear on the field of battle versus yeah, many, many parsecs away on a rock. I just think it takes the your weapons. You do not need them. You know, there are alternatives to fighting mm-hmm. like those mantras of his old masters to like the pinnacle, you know. Why, why do you cool. think force projection Luke opted for the tunic he went with? It's in, have you ever read the rise of Kylo Ren comics? You have, right? I have, but I guess I, I deleted that one. So fill me in. So <laughs> he wears that exact same outfit in those comics. He has okay. the same haircut. He has everything. All right. And there is a panel in that comic where, uh, Ben Solo is like, this is the legend Luke Skywalker himself. And he's talking to the Knights of Ren. And so I think it was, they were implying with that comic that, Luke, Luke is trying to appear to Kylo like, Hey, you know, that guy that everybody thinks I am the legend that I've been hiding from. I am that guy. Mm-hmm. Like you have to reckon with that guy. And so he was showing up as like, this is prime Luke Skywalker. Like I didn't go away and become this grizzled, like faded away old man that I kind of am now. Like, no, I'm still this guy. That's master form. That that was his master's tunic. Like if we we're yeah. saying that's essentially his his dad's leather chap look, right? Like that that's his yep. final Jedi form. All right. Yep. I've got the hot toy. I mean the funny thing is I, I have three the last Jedi hot toys. I have the Kylo, the the Jedi training Ray. No, I have four. Holy shit, Connor. <laughs> I, I have the Jake Skywalker, like the, the, the titty milk drinker, and <laughs> I've got Master Skywalker. See, I want that one, the Master Skywalker. I've been tempted to get it. It looks, all, I it's don't know. Cool. For, I didn't like Hamill's haircut for some reason. It just, I didn't yeah, like it. Is a little, it is a little bowl cut. Like, yeah, I didn't, I I, it say. just didn't, didn't seem correct. I will tell you, and we'll move on from TLJ. It's been fun here. We're talking, if you just tuned in, we're talking with uh, Connor Tierney from at Beyond the Dune Sea and at Press Pause Photography over on uh, Instagram, at Beyond the Dune Sea on uh, YouTube. They do a weekly show. Uh, they also team up with some other channels like Star Wars Sith and uh, Morris FM to do. What do you guys do? You do this Tales, Tales from the from Archives. Archives. That's right. You yeah, guys are reading like through club. Plagueis. That's right. Um, so, yeah, great to have him here. We're just talking Star Wars, just uh, kind of randomly going through the uh, trilogy, finding out a few things about Connor. Uh, to recap here, he he hates the original trilogy. He thinks the prequel trilogy is the only thing that should exist. And he wants Ryan Johnson to be executed for The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. I'm, I'm That's just kidding. Get clipped. Um, <laughs> it, listen, if you're coming from beyond the Dune Sea and you've never seen the SWTS, it's... Um, we're kind of slapdicky, all right. A little, little goofy. Uh, pretty unserious sometimes. I, I lose my cool here or there. Uh, I, I hate saying this because it's, it's an abomination. But I, I always wanted to be kind of like the the stern show of Star Wars. So just speak my mind, talk about whatever's on my on my head, in my head, in my heart, and and not really try to hide anything from from people to listen. So. Welcome and that's here. What we love about you guys. Yeah, hey, well, we love you too. I, I really do. I mean, I, I know we kind of jumped around the Beyond the Dune Sea stuff, but I hate other Star Wars fan creators, especially ones that are more popular than me. But I love this guy and his buddy <laughs> Seth and at Beyond the Dune Sea. They make some of the most 
I, I don't want to say innovative, but your verticals, dude, they suck you in immediately. Like you've, you've you. mastered the vertical slice, whatever you want to call it, uh, on, on socials. And in particular, the show intros you two do are amazing. <laughs> and you, you yeah, all should have the, become a mainstay. Yeah, you, you all should have the following you're building now because of those intros. Because, listen, I mean, <laughs> how much... Well, actually, I got a question for you, so I'm not going to ask. But, I, you know, your, 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 your videography past shines. You can oh, tell you. You, you're, you're thoughtful about this stuff. You script it out. You have a plan. Uh, I'm assuming you even write up scripts for the week. I mean, everything is, is well done, expertly acted, uh, lots of some tongue in cheek, but always Star Wars correct. So please keep those up. That's worth tuning in to Beyond the Dune Sea in and of itself. Well, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, just just great content. So uh, I, I appreciate you all. And I'm, you've you've got me into being a little bit better in, in the Star Wars fan creator community. I'm I think I started following Star Wars Sith. And, and Diamond Figs, maybe I'll even give this Mortis FM a look because they are here too. So They're great. They're awesome. They're another podcast. We, we all can play along in the same sandbox. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to learn that as someone that has very severe mental illness when it comes that to was, his Star Wars fandom. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, like that was something I was worried about when I started. I was like, man, I'm, I, I felt like other people... I, honestly, I felt like you guys would think that I was like competing and I'm like, I don't want you guys to feel like that. Cause I, I just, everybody can, like you just said, everybody can play. And it was diamond figs and star Wars Sith that I first linked up with where we were like, no, let's all just kind of support each other and just create this kind of community. And it's been so cool. Like just everybody uh, just hey, sweet supporting and sharing. And it's uh, like, yeah, Hey, we'll, we'll come play too. You just got to pay me. All right. Yeah, Just yeah, we'll get, we'll get sign you me up. <laughs> I, I'm probably the, <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I'll come in. I'll be the old guy of the group because it sounds like all you guys are probably in your 20s and 30s. So I'll be the, the wise sage Yoda. Of the group. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming there and start doing my backwards <laughs> talk. Uh, here we go. My father Django's up in here. Sir Dork, welcome to the party, buddy. Um, I, I would usually go with Sir Dork on a guest host, but I was like, you know what? I, I if Connor's available, I got to get this this guy over Man, here. Downgraded from Sir Dork to me. No, no, no. Sorry that, to the audience. Like I said, this this is good stuff. It's good to have a <laughs> one of the creators of Beyond the Dune Sea here. See how professional we are over on the Star Wars Time Show. We got phones popping off and everything. All right, I, but I, I do have some more questions about your your production each week because I I, sure. I love it. the The one last Hit week me. with Alderaan, I mean, geez, you did the whole show as ghosts, beautiful stuff. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just like your content just just speaks to me. The, the The shorts suck me in, and and obviously it's it's worked because I, I think what what you all have captured, it's like the holy grail where. I think starting in season with Star Wars was very intelligent because as someone that's been creating for a decade now, not just Star Wars, I was in video games, all that stuff before, but Star Wars in particular for us content creators, shit hits way harder if something is in season. It doesn't yep. even have to be a breakdown of the show. It could just be for some reason, the internet, the algos that drive it. If, if Star Wars in, is in season, people like us tend to get a little more um, eyes and traffic yep. so that you, you started well true. there you you started right out of the gate obviously with great video production i mean you, you, you like i said you can see your skills you got a nice little studio there 
Uh, your verticals were great. So what happened is you guys started and you got right into the algorithm you need to be in as a Star Wars fan content creator. So now, anytime you guys post, because you have loyal clickers, you're golden. Like, I'm telling you right now, this time next year, you're probably going to be 5,000 plus on YouTube. You, oh, that'd be wild. You're, you're easily going to be <laughs> 10K on IG, and I, I haven't really looked at, you, at your Spotify, but you you all have hit the, the, the secret sauce um, where I think we failed initially is we went hard into toy stuff. So the algorithms have kept us there. So anytime well, I just put not out really... general content, it's not really getting a lot of play. I, I think our reels might get seen by like 47 people. Oh, unfortunately, that's not really your fault. It's that Instagram changes every 10 minutes. And it's like it used to be. I mean, your your feature uh, content that you were doing before was like, it was really good. It was always, it was a great way of building a fan base and it was a great way of generating. But now you post a photo on Instagram and it gets seen by like 10 people. Right. So it's just, I, I uh, just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I see you guys on TikTok. I see you on, on IG and, and YouTube, obviously, and some don't pop, some do, but you, you your numbers are looking great. And I, I just think they're going to well, get we better. We appreciate so. that. Yeah, uh, we, uh, whenever I can pay you to do the same for us, let me know. I have uh, <laughs> Venmo, Chase, Zell, uh, crypto. You want some crypto? I'll send you some so Bitcoin. I've gotta, I, I think I've got to figure it out for us first. <laughs> We're kind of, you know, it, it looks like everything's planned and some of it is, but some of it is uh, kind of just flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. All right. What's um got favorite character? Standout moment from the franchise, animated, live action, doesn't matter. What, what's something you're just like, this is it? Well, I mentioned the throwing away the lightsaber. That's kind of a big one for me. Um, ah, man, you put, put me on the spot here. Uh, I've always loved the uh, initial confrontation of Luke and Vader in ESB. That's a big one. I listened to that that clip, yes. Um, so that... That's, that's one of mine. Um, the like last 10 minutes of Revenge of the Sith. I know I don't want to retread this, but like legitimately, I do find that to be just moving. And, uh, you're, you're talking about like the birth for, and the birth and the birth. Yeah. Like of the birth of Padme, the twins and then the Padme birth of Vader. dying, the birth of Vader. Yeah. Uh, I just, I think that is so the music, everything is so incredibly done. I know it. Your, your, yeah. your top scene ever is when he's getting raised up and he goes, no. I don't mind that. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it doesn't bother me. That's uh, that. No, I can accept the no. They dubbed into Jedi yeah, is like that, that is sacrilegious. That that's some of the shit where it's like, hey George, just leave the shit alone, will right. you? Just leave it alone. <laughs> the OT was fine. I know you're a tinkerer and you want to see what you could do for the prequels, but just shit, man. Some of some of those touches. Eek, yeah eek. i i can most of them that are in esb and in return of the jedi i don't mind it's the ones in a new hope that drive me nuts they're terrible well he, he yeah. barely touched esb uh, yeah i know yeah jedi's so rough they, for me because that, that's my movie and you know taking away size song at the beginning and replacing it with that crappy jedi, jedi rocks. rocks yeah you don't uh, like jedi no rocks? it's terrible <laughs> that that stupid <laughs> cg guy what's his name max evie's uh, not not what is his name evazon's nah, the, no the death stick dealer 
it's yeah, really it's bad. it's awful. Yeah, Boba Fett in there flirting with people when he should be not doing that, and and then you know victory <laughs> celebration instead of Ewok celebration. That's terrible. The no, I like victory celebration though. I'll say that. Okay. I like Yub Nub as well, but yeah, I like here's victory the, celebration. Keep all the fucking touring the galaxy and just don't replace the song. Victory celebration yeah. is not the right tone song for what we're seeing on screen. As I said last week. You play Ewok Celebration, they are timing the drum beats to the Ewoks beating on the helmets and their own drums. It's a beautiful thing. It's natural. They won the war on Endor. It should be celebrated as that culture would celebrate it. Thank you. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, my father Django is right. Jabba and New Hope is awful. It it is probably also my least favorite change. By the way, anyone listening to this, if you are new here, Nick and I, uh, a few weeks back, dedicated a podcast to going over the all the special edition edits and the ones that were terrible and the ones that were okay. So if you're if you it's, like that it's type a great of talk, episode too, go watch we, it. We did do that. All right, so we got the moments. I think I know this answer, but I'm going to ask: Out of the films and animated series, is there any that just don't sit well with you at all, or is that the Last Jedi? I've come to accept The Last Jedi. Uh, there is one that does dry, that does hurt me. It's Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah? It's, and it's because I actually... It's, it's because of one thing in the show. Lay it on me. I cannot stand that Grogu goes back to Mando. Otherwise, I think that that episode of The Mandalorian that's in there is probably the best episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, it's, like, it's really very, good. very well done. The episode with Luke is really good. And then just the Boba Fett stuff is fine. There's parts that kind of fall flat, but at, at its worst, it's just not very good. I don't think it's offensive, if that makes sense. Right. But undoing the emotional core of the finale of Mandalorian season two that the first two seasons were building up to, I think was a horrible mistake. And I think it completely derails Mandalorian season three. I think that it's clear that the intention was that Mandalorian season three was supposed to be a solo adventure with Din and doing everything he was supposed to do. And it was a top down decision from Disney. Baby Yoda makes money, put him back in the show. And that's, and that's what it feels like. And gosh, that just, it, that hurts me so much. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I, I'm, I, I completely can, can buy into that. I mean, going through the book of Boba Fett, like, Hey, Hey, whatever. It's it's Star Wars. I get it. It was a fun episode. It's kind of weird that they jammed in a full Mando episode in the middle of Book of Boba Fett. But, right. Yeah. But whatever. You, you, I, I think you're probably correct. It was a, but it did screw things up because if you remember when the Mandalorian season three was about to start, everyone's asking John. So hey, what's what's the timeline like? How much time? He's like, I don't know. Year, two years, couple years, exactly. one year, two year. Who knows? I just, it, it was such a mis- it's been, misstep. It's been two years, and it's like, all right, but hey, we're, we're through it. We got through season three. We got news today to talk about. Who knows if we're going to get season four, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. And all right, would you, Connor, would you say your Star Wars fandom, did it, did it kind of shape your life? Did it lead into what you're doing now or some of the decisions you made, some of the people you've decided to hang out with? How much has Star Wars influenced Connor? I would say nowadays for sure. Uh, growing up, not so much. Um, I kind of, I, not a whole lot of my friends really like Star Wars, I would say. I mean, 
they did, but it wasn't like Star Wars wasn't the thing, you know, like it, it wasn't the thing that guided conversations or anything. Um, and then I went to college and I, I, I'm, I'm married. And so my, my wife's not a bit, I mean, she likes Star Wars, but really just because of me, um, she's liked it. Okay. Before, um, and I went to go see TFA that the, the sequels, that hype sort of reignited my love for Star Wars. Um, cause I mean, I, I think it reignited a lot of people's love for Star Wars. It was like, Hey, I, this thing is back. It's time to get excited again. And, but nowadays for sure, it's like, I mean, I wouldn't know Seth. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing toy photography. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Like I, it's a lot of people. Um, so I would say for sure, uh, nowadays, it, the last five or so years my star wars fandom has really shaped it's interesting it's like i feel like i finally found like where i belong as far as like these skills that i've cultivated over this time like where i that that i thought were useless no i finally feel like have a place no they're good um hey hey, dude in our year or two this might be all you're doing yeah maybe you know maybe maybe we'll be able to retire from whatever you got to do to pay the bills but (laughs) hopefully i mean i i I wouldn't say that's ever been my dream for this i i don't have a problem being a professor it's actually quite a great career lots of free time and some rewarding stuff here and there but uh, i i would love a little bit more of a following at least to feel like i'm not just making content for 100 people but I'll keep doing it's it nice. because I, I like it's it. It's nice to down. feel appreciated. Yeah, that, you know, I, I guess that, that's it's like it, maybe I do just suck. I mean, there have been times where I'll sit here and be like, you know what? There are people like, hey, it's it's good. You're interesting. Your content's you all need, right. You got you got to quit it. That's that's it. You got to quit that. <laughs> you are good. You, your show is great. Your I show is great. I know. I, hey, listen, you're talking to a narcissist, so I I, I already know I'm great, and I think everyone should listen to me. <laughs> I know that stuff, Connor. What I'm not getting is the is the actual realization of it through clicks, views, <laughs> following numbers, stuff like that. So I I, it, I, I know it's annoying to talk hey, the way I'm you talking. Know how, you know how in that comic Luke says that sometimes the door is open for uh, <laughs> just a little bit for people, and you got to push it open. Yeah, and it takes longer for some people. Well, hey. You got to keep opening that door. All Listen right. to the master. Okay, Luke. well, there, right. there's another, I guess 2024 is a new year. We'll see. If it, it is. We'll see if this is the one year six or whatever we're up to. Well, hell, Nick and I, we've been doing this even when we didn't have Star Wars time. We were just entertainment Buddhists. So it's been like you forever. You keep saying like, like we, we like blew up all of a sudden. I've been in video production and doing stuff for like 10 years and none of my projects have ever taken off until this one. Hey, so it's like. Fair enough. I guess I've been doing this now since 2010. That's a lot, and nothing has really <laughs> taken off at all. Uh, my Entertainment Buddha did for a time before video game media went just pure streaming and influencers. Like I, I, I had a decent. I think we were doing like eighty to a hundred thousand uniques on a on a website. Uh, okay, and we get there sent out to E three and all that fun stuff. But I, listen, I'm I'm a Star Wars junkie. You were talking about your influence. I can't remember a life without Star Wars. It, it, it goes back that far. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. baby brain type of shit. Three years old at Return of the Jedi in 83. Uh, it, so it, it 100% has shaped my life from, from birth until now. I think one of the reasons I am into tech, uh, you know, my, my degrees are all in computer science, is 
Star Wars. I've always been interested in in the future and technology and how things can make life easier. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really has been my entire life. I mean, it, it, it's, but I've, I'm unique in that if I didn't make it known, you probably would not know that I am such a dork. Does that make See, sense? Like, I guess that like now I, that you frame it, I'm in also that a way, sports I'm, fan. I mean, I, I could talk sports with, with Pat McAfee. Like I, I, like <clears> you wouldn't even know I'm a hardcore geek unless I tell you if that makes yeah. sense. Well, well, now that you frame it that way, like I, Star Wars has always been around in my life and it has shaped like it shaped my whole reason for getting into video production. That's for sure. I mean, the first visual effect I ever learned how to do was a lightsaber and a really crappy video I did for a school project. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and it shaped, uh, I've talked about this on my show before. Uh, it shaped my faith in a lot of ways. I know that might sound odd, uh, but, um, I've talked about that. I mean, and honestly, if I can touch on that real quick, uh, I, I know you're, you're, you're very spiritual. I was a, I'm a confirmed Catholic, but have not practiced that religion for since I was 20. Uh, once I was able to make my own choices, I I decided that 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 brand of of organized religion wasn't wasn't for me and, and really none of the organized stuff is, but as as Connor was saying these days I, I would say I'm, I'm I'm spiritual but much more in terms of the through the concept of of a force. Um that's where I'm sure. at. Like, I, I think I, I'd be if Native Americans had a name for their their beliefs, that's closer to where I am. I'm more into kind of, the you know, the force itself. All things are connected. What I do, what I put out there can come back to me, that type of stuff. Treat treat other people the way you want to be treated. A anything that religion tries to teach you, but without some of the organized religion stuff that I just can't <laughs> sure. get, get down with. But I, yeah, that's all right. I, I 100%, if someone asks me, what do you believe in? I, I, I say the universe or the force to this day like that. And I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I do believe in this energy that is out there hundred percent. Um, and, and that, yeah. that is, that is the force to me. Amen. Uh, oh, Look at this. Sir Dork saying Pedro Pascal shared the Mando news on his Insta story. Maybe we'll see some din face in the movie. We're, we're, hey, you know, we're not there yet, Sir Dork, but I have a feeling that, yes, you will. Because I also think, yeah, so. you're, you're uh, I think he's done with the TV side of, of Mando. But uh, for a movie payday, hit, that helmet's coming off. But, but we'll yep, get there. New contract negotiations. Exactly. Yeah. What Jared is teasing is the big news of the day that we're getting a Mando. Literally, it's called the Mandalorian and Grogu. That's the working title as of right now, but that's an official film coming out. Connor and I will talk about that here in a second, try to figure out, is, is it going to replace season four or is this a new thing to um, maybe give them more time to uh, work on Ahsoka season two, chart out a bit more of the Mando before we have the end game crossover in 26 or 27, whenever the hell that is going to happen. Okay. Well, you know what, Connor? I think it is time to to start talking a, a little Star Wars news. I think we've kind of introduced you to we've yammered enough to the SWTS crowd. Although most of them know you here because you know you've you've been a patron since since day one, and we appreciate you there, boy. But um, yeah. So as Jared, don't don't apologize. You actually are giving us a a segue here, even though I just said you gave us a segue, something you should never say. <laughs> When you're talking on the radio. Talking about segues is the perfect segue. <laughs> That's right, buddy. 
but what Sir Dork is is chatting about there in the live stream, by the way, if you want to join the live stream, if you're just listening to this little podcast on, say, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Pandora, Sirius XM, we're everywhere. We do a live stream weekly, typically Tuesdays, e- Tuesday evening, 5 p.m. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Join in, play around in the uh, live stream comments with some of the fandos, some of our diehards. We would love <clears throat> to have you. But like I said, what our buddy Sir Dork was kind of teasing in the chat here about uh, Pedro sharing some news on Insta today. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about Pedro, did anyone else see uh, Kieran Culkin troll him last night at the Golden Globes? It, it was pretty good. Um, you know, Kieran plays a great character on Succession. It, it, one of the a, a fantastic series on HBO that wrapped this year. Uh, he is the younger brother of, of McCulkey, all that stuff. But I guess last night, uh, him and Pedro were up for either best actor or best supporting actor in a drama. I'm guessing Pedro was up for The Last of Us. Kieran was up for succession in his speech. He starts with suck it, Pedro. <laughs> this one's mine. And I was just like, that is fantastic. And of course, Pedro took it well. He was <laughs> laughing. Then he started crying in the audience. So God bless that man. You know what else? I didn't realize Pedro was in the, the equalizer too. Is one of his, if you remember, Pedro kind of started out being a character actor as like a bad guy, at least here yeah. in the States. I mean, he came in as Oberyn, Martell for for Game of Thrones. Then he, you know, he was kind of the bad guy in the second Kingsman movie. He's mm-hmm. he he plays a dubious guy in the Equalizer too. But it seems Connor once he he got the Mandalorian is when his fortunes obviously changed. But now he's being cast as as the hero, right? It, yeah. It, it's kind of funny what what a little Star Wars fame can do for you and a little green puppet that looks like a nine hundred year old Yoda. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it's crazy. It does, that doesn't work for everybody, too. You know, no, and, is, uh, is he's an older dude. I mean, I'd imagine he's, you know, probably in his mid to, to late 40s. I don't know. I mean, I guess older dude. He's, I guess, my age, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what Sir Dark was saying, like, hey, I wonder if we'll see his face. Well, the reason he's saying that is because today over on StarWars.com, the official StarWars.com, they, they kind of dropped some pretty important news about the, the Mandoverse, if you will, that, that era of Star Wars that at least I know Connor knows when it's taking place in universe. Remember, the Mandoverse <laughs> takes place <laughs> at least seven years after the Battle of Endor. OK, have we figured that out at this point in time? No kidding. Thank you. Just to make sure we are now. At this point in time, at the end of Ahsoka, at the end of Mando season three, we are now nine years past Return of the Jedi, okay? So that's where we're at in the Mandoverse at this point in time. You think we're up to nine, nine years well, yeah, at this point? Favreau said, you know, we were just kind of joking about it, but he he finally doubled down that there was a two-year passage of time uh, between Book of Boba Fett and Mando season three. Now, hold on. Now, now I'm getting, so I thought Mando season one was five. And then seven. is that Mando one is five no, or seven? Mando one was always seven. If you take it from day one announced seven years post return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Gotcha. So that's where my the nine. Then you you, you attack the two gotcha. on. You, gotcha. You get the nine there. So I was just a couple years behind. See, I wasn't one of the people who was like, "Hey, this takes place right after a New Hope." <laughs> well, it's funny. You'd be like, "Well, yeah, I guess technically it does." But as yeah, right. as we were laughing about in, in some of our chats, no, they they really were like, "No, this is before Empire Strikes Back." Ahsoka. I know. I know. I, I was getting the same comments. And, and that's why it was fun because it was right when you were getting into creating. Uh, content and I was like well don't worry pal you're you're gonna start to see what I've been talking about on the show I mean there's some Star Wars fans out there you have to wonder if they watch it with their eyes closed because I was yeah I anticipated the toxicity but I did not anticipate just the uh uh, lack of literacy, I suppose, it, is the it, most diplomatic way I can put it. It's it's wild too, man. <laughs> and and the thing is, it's it, it's just it's it's a microcosm of society in general. I mean, it, it, things just seem to be going deeper, deeper into the pits of hell in terms of intelligence, how people treat <laughs> each other, and it, but you can see it in in Star Wars. Like, yeah, that this is it. These are the same type of people that believe in you know drinking bleach and injecting sun into your veins and staring at eclipses and stuff. So <laughs> we are headed towards idiocracy 100%. We are, Mike Judge predicted the future back in the day. This is where we are right. headed. I mean, it's only a matter of time before literally Rocky is, is the president of the United States of America. Okay, what are they saying down here? Matt Polanka says we're still seven years after. No, it's nine, I promise you. Just go look it up. But look it up from real people, not other idiots on the internet like myself. Okay, so back to this news here, Connor. Big stuff. And and I do want to kind of, let, let's poke some holes in it and, and spitball where we think this may be going. Oh, shit, my power just fluctuated. Luckily, I'm on battery backup, so we should still be okay. But... Revealed today from Lucasfilm, being directed by John Favreau, produced by Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni, will be a feature film titled The Mandalorian in Grogu. It's going to start principal this year, which means, Connor, we could potentially be seeing this as early as uh, winter 25. Yeah. Um, there really wasn't many details outside of the Mandalorian and Grogu. We did get a quote from John, John Favreau. That is, he says, I have loved telling stories set in the rich world that George Lucas created. The prospect of bringing the Mandalorian and his apprentice Grogu to the big screen is extremely exciting. And then from Kathy, we get the usual executive speak here. John Favreau and Dave Filoni have ushered into star Wars, two new and beloved characters. And this new story is a perfect fit for the big screen. All right, so that's... What, that's what do just, you think about this? That's part one of the big news. Yes, there's part two. Here's what I think, Connor. I I am leaning towards this being its own thing and not a replacement for Mandalorian Season 4. Hmm, okay. I, I think... Well, I don't think. I am hoping, at least... That they're they're as even as John's talking here or, or Kathy like these two new characters it, 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 they you can tell they're putting the focus on just Din and Din Grogu and so I, I think it could just be hey this is what they're doing as Rangers of the New Republic also you know obviously stoking some of the other narrative fires that are out there the the, the mm-hmm. Thrawn stuff the bow on Mandalore stuff the New Republic stuff. I I I hope this is not a movie. The way they're phrasing it, I don't think it's a replacement for season four. 
But from some of the rumors we've discussed on this show, I also would not be surprised if if this is is what it is, and and that bums me out. I'm I'm yeah. I'm torn on this announcement. I it's exciting to know that Star Wars movies are getting closer to becoming a real thing again. But I am also a a I'm gluttonous when it comes to Star Wars, and I want as much narrative as I can get, and I know I'm going to get way more narrative in eight episodes. Versus a two hour long movie. So yeah, I would See, prefer this to be a standalone and we still get mm-hmm. season four, but this, this could be it. I'm also very torn on this announcement because this to me just screams corporate meddling in the story. Like this almost feels like a book of Boba Fett situation to me. Like Disney just had a bad year box office hits. We need, we, we need a hit. Baby Yoda sells tickets. Let's get butts and seats. Hey, Favreau, you had season four written out. Make it a movie. Get some butts and seats. And let's sell out theaters. And, but the thing that... And I, now, don't get me wrong. Even with that, I think that Favreau could still make a great movie. Because in the ideal world, you have your studio execs and you have your artists. And it creates a symbiotic relationship. They can be greedy and they can be artists. And, you know... They can be separate. But in this particular case, The Mandalorian is a serialized television show. I just don't know how much that translates to the big screen. I mean, it was designed to be a serial. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it could be great, but... Well, you're right, because, I mean, dude, it's going to go from having an overarching narrative, right? Like the big one. Yeah. But we're going to lose all the, the little stuff in a movie. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the adventure of the week yeah, type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're going to get the big the big stuff is going to be delivered at the end. Din and Grogu are going to start at A and they're going to end up in Z. They'll have learned something. We'll have learned something. The galaxy will have been changed. But we're going to miss all, all the nuance, all the, all the little stuff mm-hmm. that fanboys like ourselves kind of live for. Yeah, the, exactly. The little, the little lore nuggets that are going to get, you know, slashed and end up on the cutting room floor both for, for budget editing and time reasons. So I know. And I, and I hate being the, the Debbie Downer. I was uh, talking with our, our group earlier. Star Wars Sith is, is, uh, is, is giving me crap here in the chat. Uh, Cause I'm usually the, the positive guy. No, you're, but you're this playing just... Nick's role perfectly these days. Cause you know, he's always down on most of the <laughs> Star Wars. Well, news. Just, he's like, fuck it. <laughs> I just, I just don't like when I see the, the meddling, the studio meddling is, is when, I, when you, when it's so transparent like this, at least in my opinion, it's so transparent. I guess I That's when went it out. starts to bum me out. I should have looked what Bestman Bulletin was saying because they usually have an in. But you're you're probably right. Because I mean, listen, it, it, you know, I I know you guys at least yet haven't really gotten into weeds talking about news and crap on your show or leaks or rumors. That's something we we kind of do. And it seemed as, as 2023 was ending, it was every other week Mandalorian season four was either a show or a movie, a show or a movie. So all that smoke dude is, is definitely starting to make me feel like you're probably right. And that there is a fire. Uh, Bob has discussed, Bob Iger that is, has discussed the fire at Disney since he's returned. He has talked about, he wants to cut from Lucasfilm Mm -hmm. and Marvel, even though I think Marvel is their bigger money issue than, than Star Wars. 
So yeah. sadly, your meddling speculation is probably spot on. Now, that's all to say, like, I think that I still think Favreau could take that and do a great job. Like I have a saying I like to say a lot, which is limitation breeds creativity. And this is limitation that could absolutely breed creativity. And who knows, it could be the best thing for these two characters at the end of the day. It's just going in with the pretense of, hey, John, take these two characters that were designed for TV. Um, that's not making us money anymore. Put them on the big screen so that we can have a better year. I just don't, I don't know. I don't like that as much. Um, but I will say it does, having it on the big screen does afford us some other opportunities that would not otherwise be present on the TV screen. I was going to say that that kind of leads into the, the second bit of news that came out of Lucasfilm today. And, and that is, as, as you notice, I noticed a lot of people, I, I don't think picked up on this. They just read the high, the, the headline. They're like, Oh fuck, Mandalorian Grogu movie. Sweet. But if you actually kept reading, they drop a huge reveal in there. Like news. Yeah. A lot of us have been <laughs> looking for since um, what October of last year. And we got it today right here. The Mandalorian Grogu will lead Lucasfilm's ongoing feature development slate, including films helmed by Charmaine Obad Chinoy. She's everyone's favorite right now. I don't know if you picked up on that drama from last week when all she says like, hey, it's about time yeah. women get to make Star Wars. And then, you know, all the nut jobs went absolutely insane. OK, but there are the nut jobs, but there are also on the other hand, does all the women who have also made Star Wars just not count? Well, who who's done it besides Deborah Chow? Deborah Chow. Well, you I have think Bryce she, Dallas Howard. I think she was talking you have Mary movie. Lucas. I think she she didn't. She said a woman makes Star Wars in a galaxy far, far away, and then all the headlines said film to try to run face for that line that she said in the CNN okay. interview. Well, I guess. Well, Deborah would have. Bryce was just pure directing someone else's writing and whatnot, but that's all Charmaine's doing too. Exactly. I don't think that's what I'm saying. I don't it's think, just okay. it's just is a weird comment to me. I don't know. Yeah, hey, whatever, man. I like all that shit. People get nuts over the uh, the woke stuff like that. I, I, I that stuff makes me vomit. All right, I'm I am woke <laughs> as fuck. All right, let me get that out of the way. Okay, I think it's okay if women are in lead roles. If women are heroes. If women are strong. I also think it's okay if people of color do the same thing. All right, white guys don't always have to be the Tommy Tough Guy hero. Okay. Well, sure. Absolutely. But that, that's what a I lot just, of people start calling woke, though. It's like, hey, Disney went woke because Ray's a, you know, raised a hero and it's not a man. And hey, there's a black stormtrooper. It's like, come on, people. I think there are some of those people, but then there are other people who just get annoyed at pandering. There, I think there is a little bit of both. Oh, of course. Well, I, I don't know if you, you tuned into our, when we uh, broke down the South Park pandering episode, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I did. When, yeah. when they, that was good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you if you make it to the point where where Trey and Matt are are going to parody you, then yeah, it's a real thing. So I I, I do agree with the pandering. Uh, I, I just don't necessarily agree with. You, you know what? It, here here's all I'll say is you know what it reminds me of. You know those really bad Christian movies they used to What's come that? out. The what? Like, just really bad. Just really bad Christian movies. You know they used to come back 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 in the day. Okay. And you always everybody would make fun of them because they were just so awful because they pandered to such a specific group and hey i got my necklace on i'm one of those guys okay and they're terrible those movies are awful this is the same thing in my opinion <laughs> it's just you're putting message first it's like if you want to tell those stories i think that's great put your message out and that's fine just don't tell me about your story don't just walk out there and tell me like 
hey, I think it's about time that a woman makes Star Wars. It's like, well, but a lot of women have made Star Wars. So are you just discounting all of their work so that you can pretend that you're trailblazing? I got it. It just it frustrates I got me. It. That's all. I, that, that makes a bit more sense. I, I guess I just still tend to lean on the side of men, white men in particular, have had a really strong run. And if some of these other genders and races are excited that they're giving a chance and good for them. Hey, I'm all for these, everybody getting to tell their stories. I think that's awesome. I just, I don't know. Just comments like that, I think are unnecessarily divisive. That's all. Well, and, and they sure do divide, <laughs> divide the internet. <laughs> There's no doubt. About it. Hell, Nick and I were called incels just yesterday. Oh dude, I got one today. Same thing. Oh, you're an incel? <laughs> what, what, would, yeah. Why Why do you sit there and uh, obsess over women not having sex with you then? Oh, what was ours? It was because uh, we talked about uh, Luke <laughs> in The Mandalorian. That was what it was. Yeah, mine's because I read Hayden Christensen's quote on it, how he thought Anakin was portrayed in Ahsoka. He's like, you guys are stupid <laughs> idiots. What? You're incels. You know nothing. You only need the six movies. Fuck Disney. He's like, okay. <laughs> Dude, I get those all the time. It's fun, right? I, I'm very close, and, and I, I tend not to read comments, but every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? Let's try to feel like shit today. So I'll, I'll fire up a comment or two. Yeah. I'm like, yep. Don't don't need that. See, <laughs> I'm it's out so here. hard for me not to bite back. Oh, dude, I I, like today I, I I couldn't help myself, but I I always do it with with a you know a, a cherry on top. It's like, hey, buddy, I just whatever made you upset today. I hope you have a better day. You know, it's, it's, that's 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 always what I do yeah, too. Like, Every time, <laughs> whatever made you so angry on the way, you're still living with your parents, or you know your sister won't give you some. I, oh, I, I feel bad for you, pal. So, Savage. Yeah, okay. W- whatever you got to do. Because typically people like that that take time to leave angry comments and attack people online, they, they've got some pretty dark shit in their life. So. No kidding. I don't get it. Some of the ones we get, I'm like, whew, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and you guys are going to be hit with a lot of them because you get a lot more traction. So be be wary. You might want to just start not reading those, buddy. Anyways, <laughs> I, 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 you said something that I, I, I think is true. And sadly, I think Mandalorian season four is being sacrificed for Ahsoka season two. What do you think about that? I could see that. I think that, yeah, because I think they have so many slots in place for uh dave's movie like to lead up to dave's movie there's like because how did john phrase it like they have so many seasons of television like of storytelling right when he was referring to book of boba fett he was like this is our third season of storytelling at one point in time he's like i'm making eight seasons of the mandalorian and here we are so yeah Yeah, now we're having a movie (laughs) exactly so yeah i could see that like maybe they have three stories they need to tell to get to dave's movie and yeah, maybe like, okay, let's take Mando S4. Let's take all bullet point, all the plot points, throw it in a movie. And now Ahsoka S2 goes here. Um, I, agree. I could definitely see yeah, that. And then, then I think it's going to be his, his crossover film. I think that's sadly, and it's, it's, it's wild, but I, I think we're down to three properties left to flesh out at least this period of the Mandoverse. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you still technically have what almost thirty years to cover before the start of TFA, but I don't know. It just mm-hmm. it seems like they're racing to wrap up this era that has a lot of potential, and it, it it's odd. I mean, I know it's being driven by the bosses, uh, but it seems like we're, we're we're trying to get out of here faster than what was initially planned. I view it as they're racing to get it started. 
because it's like they're they've told this kind of adventure of the week style storytelling and this heir to the empire movie which is at least what we're dubbing it whether it's that plot or no not, you're right knows, D- dave himself has been like listen people there is content during this era it's just in the books that no one read right. so i think that if th- once they get to that movie hey then it's off to the races. It does okay. well. You're looking at you're looking at maybe sequel trilogy 2.0. Not to say that they're erasing the old one because that's not happening. But uh, I, I think maybe we're in for maybe a new a new method of telling those stories, if you will. I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying that very well, but well, I think the problem they would run into there would be Carrie Harrison. Like, how how are you gonna? I know that is that is the the question. Loop them in, and they don't look geriatric, and one's dead. So I think I think they're finally at the point. I think they're recasting. I I do. Here's here's a wild theory for you. I I saw uh, Tony here in the chat, Star Wars Sith, throw in that maybe we might get Luke in the movie. Maybe they do. Maybe they try to recast and just test the waters with that and with a little cameo and see what people say. And if people are like, no, no, we're not doing it. Then they rework Dave's movie and do CGI or whatever. They do the deep fakes. Or if people are like, yeah, you know what? I'm down for this. Yeah. See, Mando and Grogu, I don't see Luke in that movie. I think it's going to be them mostly filling in for the Rangers of the New Republic series that got whacked. I mean, more in like a stinger type capacity. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, Nick and I, you know, in the end game, the crossover, the Filoni movie. Yeah. I, we've discussed the, the problems that Luke could bring to that type of movie. Cause once he shows up, it's like, okay, well we win game over. Exactly. Nothing matters. Who cares? He'll just zap everybody. Uh, so how they use them. I, you know, I, I think in Mando and Grogu, you definitely get some Thrawn mentions of them at least, if not shots, yeah. But I really think it's going to focus on the apprenticeship of Grogu more than anything with yeah. with narrative kind of threads, giving us a little bit more meat on what's happening now that Thrawn is back. And then we get Ahsoka 2 to really dive into the politics of Thrawn and the New Republic, in addition to getting Sabine and Ahsoka and wherever the fuck Balin was getting into. And then we yes. get that Filoni crossover. And you, you said something interesting. So you're, you're saying the crossover may not be the end. It may be a, a pivot into something new. That's always how I like, saw did, it. Do you see I, Thrawn ending in the crossover movie? Does he go away? Do they, do they vanquish that threat? So I mean, the First Order can truly rise then? I guess I've always looked at it like, because Thrawn has just gotten back, right? Like they've, he, as of right now in the timeline. Um, so even with this movie and then S2 of Ahsoka, that's only two more things of storytelling, two more pieces of storytelling where he can rise. If we really want to make a Thanos level villain, you know, that they're trying to do a Palpatine, if you will. I think they'd be more successful if they write it out. And if they're using Heir to the Empire as the template, which it does seem at least on some level that they are of, of doing. Of course, of course. That's a trilogy. I, I just, why not make that a trilogy of movies? I could see it being the culmination of what they're doing with television culminating in this movie, but then it starts a new trilogy of movies in the Mandoverse. Ah, okay. I don't know. Yep. Maybe I, I it's not. You. I got you. I got you. Maybe and maybe we have like in between the movies, like there's a there's a season of television or something to fill in some of the smaller like adventure of the week type stuff. 
Or I don't know, maybe it does completely culminate with the heir to the empire movie. Yeah, it'd be weird. I mean, you need to. They 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 dabbled at Mando season three. At least we you know we 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 saw Hux's dads in there. You know they didn't. I don't think they really said the first order, but you could see the players in there. They had a faction. They had a seat at the Shadow Council. They were clearly one of the bigger power players in addition to Gideon and and Paleon. So at some yeah. point you do have to transition away from Thrawn into the true rise of the order there. So like you're saying. Does that play out over a trilogy of movies or maybe do we, we actually do another season of Mando like we, we thought could happen even with this Mando and Grogu? Unless they just condense the story of Thrawn into, uh, into just a single movie, which I guess they could do, but I think that would leave a lot of people no, somewhat would, unsatisfied. That would um, suck. That, I mean, I, I think the, the, the plan before everything got fucked up would have been Ahsoka season one, Mando season four, Ahsoka season two yes. movie. I think that yeah. that was the initial roadmap because that, that would have been th- almost three years or two years of of storytelling. And then you have the the culmination in the film. I did see a pretty good theory that was. Uh, are, are you familiar with the Heir to the Empire books? Surface level, man. Remember, words and shit have never been my thing. <laughs> so basically, there are the the Nogri. Are you familiar with Rook? You remember him from Rebels? Yes. The like kind yeah. of assassin guy. So he's in the Heir to the Empire books. He's like Thrawn's personal assassin, and like that species is. I I have not finished them the books, but I know that they are integral to the plot. And Rook is the one who finally finishes off Thrawn. Spoiler alert! But I've seen uh, some theories that suggest that maybe the Night Sisters are taking the narrative role of the Nogri. And so he's teaming up with them. And then maybe the Night Sisters all kind of are the ones who kill Thrawn in the end. And it also leads into leans in rather to the Bendu's prophecy. Like the your end will come by a thousand arms or, or being wrapped around a thousand arms. However he says could also mean the Pergil, but it could also mean all these Night Sisters like kind of pulling him into some grave. Hey, I, I thought that was neat. I kind of dig that because if you remember you know, obviously in, in Ahsoka, the, the, the great mothers seem very subservient to Thrawn. They even call mm-hmm. him master, I think, at some point in time. I mean, they, they, there seems to be a reverence for him. They respect his title. They, they made the deal with him. They, they seem to take orders from him. But did you, did you notice, like, the main great—I think it was the main great mother, but when he decides to level their catacombs at the end as they're pulling off, and he's like, yo, just blow that fucking thing up. She kind of looks at him like, hey, you know what? I don't like that. I I, I don't like huh. that choice, Thrawn. That yeah, it's it's a very it's a very curious look from the main great mother that led me to believe that she was not ultimately mm-hmm. happy with that decision to what we're all thinking to essentially blow up the Night Sister catacombs yeah. that they're moving all those bodies from. You know, I mean, it's a precarious relationship, that's for sure. Yeah, and kind of playing off of your your speculation there that they could take the place of Rook, Nick and I at one point were like, they could be the Luke. <laughs> because that, that's where he, you know, he can get the dark magic yeah. powers via them versus clone and home slice. So Seth has been uh, championing that he could clone Anakin. Oh, um, so it w- would it be Anna? That's that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said in our video. Um, what what's the fucking choice for that? By the way, can someone explain? I think it's just. I think it's just when you're reading it, so you can differentiate. What a what an interesting choice Zahn went with there. You know, why not yeah. just say Clone Luke or, or Dark I, Luke? I why Luke? 
two. It's more than one U, right? Or is it just two U? Yes, yeah, it's it's just two U. Okay. It's just two. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, yeah. I was like, what is this? Luke. Use okay, so sec, I got another question for you yeah. then on on Ahsoka S2. Do you think they're both coming back? Ahsoka and Sabine. Fuck. It's a good one. Because I, I stand by. I, I really think Ahsoka's there to stay. I think Sabine probably comes back, but I think Ahsoka's there to stay, and maybe she dies there. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't. I mean... I, I obviously I it would be a, it's going to be a huge sacrifice essentially her her giving up her her life essence her form her physical form will be you know the 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 last thing needed to propel Sabine and whoever maybe by that point um Shin has figured her shit out yeah I I wouldn't be opposed to that I just think that the her arc at the end of S1 was... It's pretty complete. A, yeah, and you need to be... You are where you need to be. Um, that's kind of that final beat, you know, where Anakin's looking in on her, like, hey, you know, you did it. Good job. You're, uh, you're where... You're, and they even say... She says something to that effect, even. Like, we, we are where we need to be. And I just don't see a need to undo that. Um, I can see a Sabine needing to return because her family is back there. But what's left in the other galaxy, like in our in our galaxy, if you will, for Ahsoka? Not much. I mean, Luke's, she, Luke's there. Yeah, she knows Junior's can, there starting up a temple. But I think for her, she can be like, you know, I mean, Luke's got it handled. Maybe I need to be here and handle whatever Balin's doing. And uh, and that would that would clean up the problem with the the Thrawn confrontation in the known galaxy. You know, because if Ahsoka's there. Do you need Luke? Because, I mean, she's pretty fucking powerful. Do you really need Luke if Ahsoka's there, too? And then if exactly. Ahsoka is there and Luke shows up, then you're just cutting Ahsoka out at the knees. Right. Like, all right. That's what. That's where I came at the end of the season. Um, when Dave's movie was announced back at Celebration, I remember thinking, okay, if they're doing this Heir to the Empire thing, I think that Luke is probably replaced with Ahsoka. Din probably takes Han Solo's role. And then I don't know who kind of takes the Leia spot. I forget. There was some speculation about that. Um, oh, maybe like a Bo-Katan or something. I don't know. But now it seems like they've sort of paved the way for the OG trio to just assume their roles. I don't know. It's very interesting the way that they've kind of set the chess pieces. Yeah, I mean, how we, we could potentially get more general Leia Skywalker vis-a-vis C-3PO. That's how they decide to handle it in Ahsoka. So you could always... I thought that was awesome. No, I love that. That, that <laughs> it, was, it didn't quite give me the, the Star Wars nostalgia feels that Luke showing up in S2E8 did. But it, yeah. it was a very similar feeling where, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at a TV where you're like, <laughs> right. look... The guy, it, it's him, and it, I, I, I'm always gonna feel that way when I see an OT character. Even though, you know, uh, rewatching the originals and even the prequels, C-3PO is just a puke. I mean, he is—he's <laughs> such a dickhead to R2D2 in the original trilogy. He is. He's awful. Like he is one of the worst people in all of Star Wars. <laughs> to someone that, if you really think about it, R2D2 has done nothing but take care of this piece of shit. His entire existence, <laughs> right? I mean, R2 was a fully realized astromech when he landed on Tatooine and met Anakin Skywalker's creation that was just a husk. 
And even even back then, R2's like, hey, asshole, you're not wearing any clothes. What's wrong with you? Like, come on. Get your shit together. And hey, buy Attack of the Clones. He got some clothes on. And Attack of the Clones, he, how many times does he save him in the droid foundry? In the, in the Geonosian <laughs> arena? I mean, give me a break. And by the time we get to A New Hope, C-3PO treats him like a pile of garbage. I love it. Like, you idiot. So it's funny. your fault. I'm always getting in trouble. You dummy. You bucket of bolts. No one likes you. I mean, geez. He's hitting them, punching them on the head. He's awful. <laughs> but, you know, that's Anthony just, he plays it so great. I mean, he does. He, just, he, he does. plays it's it so well. So, it's so funny. He plays it so straight. And you do. Like, I, I didn't used to. It's like the older I get, the more I feel bad for R2D2. It's like this poor little shithead. He. If you think about it, he's the reason that the Skywalkers even exist. If it's not for him, Padme gets blasted by the by the Nemoidians. As soon as she's yeah. trying to break that 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 Trade Federation blockade, she's toast. All the other droids failed. It was R2 that hung on and got that shit fixed. Um, yeah. Wow. The droids are are special, but not sure why on this on this tangent, but that's how things go on the Star Wars. <laughs> no, I'm loving it. I'm soaking it in. <laughs> Sorry. I, sometimes I get off track here. All right. We're back. Okay. So um I don't think we ever officially announced the, the news here, but yeah, Soka season two is a thing. It's in development, finally confirmed here. And as we're speculating, it it it, it does seem that Mando season four, if it is gone for good, may may be the victim of Ahsoka getting a second season. And I guess that's okay as long as the the Mandalorian Grogu movie pays off and and moves the narrative in in, in a good direction. But I'm always going to want a TV show to stay a TV show to give us those longer form stories, to give us the overarching narrative, but also to give us little nuggets each week that flesh out the whole galaxy, the characters we're watching, and the the show in particular that we're viewing. So we'll, we'll see where really things agree. go. I mean, dude, we, we're probably not going to get a ton more news on this type of stuff until Celebration Japan, honestly. I mean, celebrate yeah. because we don't have a celebration this year. Yeah, official news anyway, right. I would bet. So I don't think you get a lot of, of official stuff from for close to another year, year and a half, which is kind of wild. We, we are going to start trickling out, obviously, the the Skeleton Crew promos, Acolyte promos, Bad Batch yep. Tales, stuff we're about to talk about now. But in terms of Mandalorian Grogu, will there be a season four when Ahsoka season two is coming? That months, 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 years. Yeah. Sadly. It's crazy. But the movie, though, Mando and Grogu, if, if, if no strikes happen, no pandemics... If America doesn't turn into Russia by the end of the political season, we we could be watching Star Wars in uh, 2025 come December. So that's exciting. It is exciting. All right. So here is the big one. The reason you are all here, and that is to figure out what Connor and myself have deemed the most intriguing important exciting bits of star wars in 2024 and we're not just talking shows we're talking toys games and shows i couldn't think of another genre we could we could squeeze in here maybe you know star wars beauty care star wars soap i know they make that (laughs) stuff like that but we're gonna leave it at collectibles games and the shows right you all ready for this a triad Wait, wait till you see these it. graphics. If, if, if we're doing this in at Beyond the Dune Sea Studio, you'd, you'd actually like, there'd probably be music going on, maybe some smoke 
fog machines, fireworks. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Here, hold on. I can I can use my Mac OS reactions and I'll do the uh, laser light show real quick. Watch this, everybody. If you're new here, get ready for this shit. Ready? Oh, that's the fireworks. Sorry. You're getting a bonus. Now we'll do the lasers. Yo, look at that. I'm telling you, the uh, the effects we have here are impressive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As we teased just now, we're going to go through, we have, uh, I believe it's like 13 things we are eager to check out that is rooted in Star Wars in 2024. We are going to start with the collectibles. Okay. This will be fun because I, you know, I do a show with someone that absolutely has no passion for collecting, hates it, thinks it's stupid, and we all waste our money. And Nick's probably right, but those of us that are collectors, <laughs> we know, we know the sickness. We hate it, but we love it. So here we go. We're starting with... Seth's kind of the same way. He kind of likes it, but he also is like, yeah, he doesn't really buy anything for himself. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have the, the hot toys behind them and all that stuff. There's a reason yeah. you all shoot the show in your in your studio. It's all those pretty yeah. toys, all your little friends are with you, right? Look, I've always joked, like the wall that we shoot on, I built the show around the wall. I didn't build the wall for the show. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we got, see, I got my Grogu here. He's... He's all excited about his his there big reveal today. I got Gosh, the Grand Inquisitor, Mando, Luke, Mando, Ahsoka, all chilling with me. But anyways, Connor, here we go. Our top collectibles of 24, in quotes, if they actually release. Because you, you never know sometimes you hot toys, sometimes. especially if they're if you buy from Sideshow, you might get a hot toy that released three years ago. You, you, you just <laughs> yeah, never that's know. No kidding. Based on your distribution. But up first here we have and, and this I added this one to the list because she's just a sassy looking senator. And we're talking about the one six scale hot toys Padme due out in 2024 with her young awesome. lover. Um uh was that AOTC Anakin? He didn't make the list because I have a bunch of Anakins already. I have very few female Star Wars hot toys. I just have a Leia and a Ray. So I'm very excited to add their foremother in, in Padme. And it, it's just, nice. dude, it's, it's the Attack of the Clones White. You could tell George Lucas specifically picked this outfit because he was a little creepy and was like, damn, look at Natalie Portman's <laughs> nipples. Go, dude, go watch Attack of the Clones. Go watch Attack of the Clones right now and tell me that George Lucas isn't slightly pervy. When she's in that suit, dude, there is nothing left to the imagination. The poor girl wasn't allowed to wear a bra. I mean, she's smuggling peas on Tatooine. Like, Tatooine's supposed to be warm. Wow. If you look at Padme, it is not as warm as you think, or she keeps the temperature on her ship very cold. But I, I do, I do tend to feel bad for Natalie when I see that that get up because you're like, I know George was just staring at that shit. But um, yeah, I, I, it's a very basic figure, right, Connor? Not much packed in, just some hands. You get like her little babushka headdress that I don't think we saw in live action Attack of the Clones. Isn't that from that's from Clone Wars, right? It, it just says bonus unused headpiece from Star Wars Attack of Clones, but I, I do remember oh, that maybe a, I remember yeah, seeing something similar scene. though from the cartoon. Like you're you you, you may not be wrong. I because that the yeah. same thought popped in my head. No, this looks great. This was right around like these announcements came out right around the time I, I swear Hot Toys like made a deal with the devil because they got a new sculptor or something. All of a sudden their likeness is just it's a problem like went up it's a problem like they're so good 
Uh, yeah. See, I'm weird when it comes to collectibles. I don't actually collect these things. I just, when I look at something, I look and say, how many photos can I take of this? And if the answer is like, doesn't equal as much, uh, if it doesn't make sense for how much I'm going to pay for it, then I don't buy it. That's fucking very interesting. Cause I am the exact opposite. I've always been a goon collector, like nuts, even when I didn't have money. It, Cause my dad was a nut job collector. Uh, it, it took me 35 years to feel comfortable opening toys because <laughs> of growing up with someone like him. Don't open them. You got to buy two. And even if you buy two, don't open either one. They're, they could be worth something one day. We're going to be rich. Like, okay. Uh, we're not, you know, by the way, we're not. And, you know, my dad lives in like a shed by himself in the woods. So <laughs> open your fucking toys is what I'm telling you. Um, but I can remember Phantom Menace, all the three and three quarter inch. I had to buy them, couldn't open them. I'd buy two, couldn't even open a two. Dude, I I have triplets of some of the original, you know, uh, what is that? Yellow, red carded Phantom Menace the figures. Force. Yes, exactly. Yep. Like I've got the... The, the chips in the, the chip reader, you know, the Jedi communicator. So you can yeah. play the little sounds and whatnot. But, um, it wasn't until I started doing toy photography that I was like, now I can buy more toys because now <laughs> I'll be taking pictures of them and that'll justify the increase in costs. So I, I actually use toy photography in the opposite method. I use it to justify buying more toys where you're using <laughs> it to buy less. So clearly you are more intelligent. So, well, see, my wife would disagree. She would say that I also use it as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but I also like, I buy and sell them. So as soon as I have one that's been on the shelf for too long, okay. it's gone. I, I, I get rid Damn. of it. There are a couple that won't leave. Like I have a Vader, my ESB Vader. I think it's actually up here. Um, my wife bought me that for my birthday one year. That one will stay. Captain Rex has a big one. Like that was a holy grail of mine. That one will stay. So those guys behind you then, like like Din, Ahsoka, yeah. the, the, one day they're going to be gone, huh? If if I run out of picture ideas, probably, yeah, I have no issue. Like right now I can, he's got a movie coming out. So I got a feeling that I'm okay. going to be taking photos right. of him over This time. is very but, uh, interesting. Very interesting. Th that's just how I've like... So would you, would I you even have, consider yourself a true collector then? Not, I, I do with video games, but not with figures. Oh, that's right. Your, your handhelds. That's, that's yeah. where you, you, you got a little goofy with that, that stuff. That's where my sickness is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I try to keep it, like I have this wall right here and that's where I try to keep it too. And like, if it gets a little bit more than this, then it's like, okay, then it's got to go. That's very uh, impressive, man. Your your level of restraint should be applauded because I have none. Uh, like like none. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I've been able to cut the Black Series out of my life. Oh, me too. Because uh, that was getting really bad. And I, one of these days, I probably should network with you and, and your boy and just cut a deal. Be like, dude, here's like a, a thousand Black Series figures. Some of them hard to find. I don't care. Give me like fifteen hundred, two grand. You can have everything in a big ass lot. I don't give a shit. Like I'm just yeah. done with black series, but my problem is, and you clearly don't suffer from this. I, I really get looped up in the, I gotta have the whole wave shit. Yeah. You know what I mean, I used to be like that too. And I've started doing it with goddamn hot toys, which is no, that, that's like a cardinal <laughs> a sin. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> Cause you know, like you said, once they started teasing some of these clone ones, it's like, Oh, Anakin. Yeah. I need him. Padme. I need him. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mace Windu. Sure. 
I I don't really like the character. I think Mace Windu's a piece of shit Jedi, but fuck it, Sam Jackson bald. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll take it. And uh, even today, I, I was looking at my open pre-orders because I'm I'm considering the Enoch and the the zombie trooper that they just revealed like two weeks ago. And when you, I'm like, fuck, dude, you still have 17 open pre-orders, 17 open pre-order hot toys, like 250 to 300 plus a piece. Do the math. Not good. I have a kid. She needs to go to college someday. <laughs> I have a house that needs lights and power. I, see, here's my, here's my equation that I go through. Like when I see an announcement, I'm like, okay, this character, I want it. I want to make art with this character. <laughs> Do Will the Black Series do? Okay. Because a lot of times, the uh, uh, if it's like a trooper and they have a helmet and stuff, a lot of times I'm, I'm good with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the faces, I can't do those faces. So then I, I step up and I'm like, okay, will a Black Series with a customized head work? Yeah, you're a big, you're a big a, Fat Clone type of dude. I love Fat Clone. He's awesome. I have a bunch of them right here, actually. Like this, uh, this one, this Obi-Wan head sculpt is just, it's insane. So I'm like, okay. Those work a lot of the times. And then if the answer is no for that, then I'm like, okay, then I'll, I'll jump up and do the hot toy. Like your mainstay is like your Vader's, your Anakin's, your Luke's. I'm going to go with the hot toy for those. But your characters that I'm not going to shoot as much, like, like Qui-Gon, for example. I love Qui-Gon, but I don't shoot him enough to need a hot toy. Yeah, I, but I, I passed but I on need his a, hot toy and I regret it. But custom head? Heck yeah. Pretty damn good. So I, I do have the figure. The, the I had a lot of the figure arts before they started re-releasing now. I should have sold them when people couldn't get them for, you know, $100. Dude, yeah, they used to be so expensive. I'm an idiot. I, I, I wait too long. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, go nuts. Like, I, I need to learn from you. I, I think your, your, your approach to buying toys is healthy. Mine is still tainted with... Star Wars is my life. It it reminds me of things that make me happy. Yeah. And when I look no, at I these it. things, it's it, it it's it's like I can't even say childhood with Padme because I was like fucking twenty two years old. But it's still it, it it trails all the way back to little Matt watching the VHSs and you know watching no, Luke it. fight his dad. It just it means something to me. There are times I'll just I'll look at my 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 deltals and I do feel a sense of pride like. I like this. Yeah. I do like this, even though <laughs> when I think about the, the total dollar, it makes me want to vomit and then swallow my vomit and then vomit again. You know, I have to help with that. Here's my other rule that I have. If I am going to buy something, I try to make sure I'm only spending $60. So I will sell other things. Okay. All right. So like if I have, uh, I like with, it goes with my video, it goes with my video games too, my video game collection. Sometimes I'll break the rule if it's like a, if it's something crazy and I really am after it, but it's just to help curb it and keep it balanced because otherwise it gets out of control, you know? So I'm like, Oh, there's no uh, doubt about that. You should see the, the not finished side of the basement. That's where all the black series <laughs> live now in just hulking piles of plastic. It's just bodies that, that, on top of bodies, bro. I, see, that's what's helped with the black series is I'd be like, okay, I got a hot toy that's coming out. I have this stack of black series. I haven't shot in over a year. Okay, I list them on Facebook because that's the best place to sell them because then you don't have to deal with eBay fees and you can sell them for full price pretty much. Sell okay. them, get them out of there, and then there we go. I'm, then I'm only spending 60 bucks on my hot toy and then I'm ready to go. That's, that's kind of my method. How close are you guys to Indianapolis then? To Indianapolis? Aren't you? I'm like, I'm pretty close. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're actually we're not that far. I mean, it's a, it's, no, it's, a, it's a it's a quick shot over on seventy because I'm in Columbus, so I just jump on yep. seventy and could probably be there in three hours. Um, well, yeah, well, all right. Thinking about it now, I'm just you? gonna yeah. <laughs> one day, if you just see a trailer outside your 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 house full of toys with a sign on it, you know where it's from. <laughs> just just give me a cut because at this point, I just want them out. Like, just leave me. <laughs> all right, That's we so are. Funny. I'm eating up all sorts of time here. Sorry, this hey, might be a little fun. bit longer than a two and a half hour show. People, apologies. So yeah, we got we got Padme there, loving her. Can't wait to get her. Um, I promise I won't do anything weird with it. Up next, and this is one I did pass on because I, I have the regular edition. I'm sure I'll regret it when it shows up, but uh, this one Connor wanted out there, and that is the Artisan Edition Hot Toys Revenge of the Sith Anakin Skywalker. Mm, dude. Uh, and this is the one with with the real hair. It it, it does look phenomenal. I mean, it, it shut down Sideshow site when they put up the pre-order. It, it was a thing. It was a movement, right? Yeah, so I don't pre-order from Sideshow. I told you I have a Hot Toys dealer. Um, and I'm very fortunate, by the way. Uh, Mike, my friend, who he's he's hooked me up. But he couldn't get one of these because it was Sideshow exclusive. Sideshow, from what I understand, only got 1,500 of these. And you had to get in a queue. And you got a random number. And I was just fortunate enough. I got number like 700 and something. So... But I saw on some forums that I'm on, people were getting up in the 10,000s. So this is one dude. Yeah. Take a pick and then flip it for a ridiculous increase. Oh, this is probably one that'll stay. You're keeping this guy <laughs> pet, pet his head at night. Like, I, I mean, I Rox love is Revenge of the Sith. Like, I love how you yeah. were portrayed. Your fall was perfect. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll caution you on, on the hair. Cause I, I do have the Chewbacca that's full hair from, from hot toys. It is, it's work. Like, I know I have the Gandalf. Okay. I yeah. Have so Gandalf, you know, you're, you're going to kind of have to groom them every once in a while, take them out. You yeah. Know? It's embarrassing because hey. I have like a doll brush. <laughs> yeah, your wife's going like, to be, Hey, what, what's going on tonight? Oh, nothing. Just got to comb my doll's hair tonight. It's, it's, well, she's <laughs> the one who gave me the doll brush. That's what's was embarrassing. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> i love it she'll grab her american girl dolls you'll get your anakin you guys can sit there and be like oh no she was uh going through stuff from her childhood and was like perfect about to throw it out and i was like oh no i need I that, that? <laughs> my one doll needs its hair comb please can i have that <laughs> do you have any recommendations on detangler to use they're right oh beautiful man what we do with our toys it's it's pretty funny yeah, th this is a hot one, and if, if you do happen to get one and you need to make some money, this is one you should most definitely flip and not feel bad about it, okay? Yeah, it's insane. Do you feel bad? Or have you ever flipped for a profit, and do you feel bad about it? Okay, so there's a difference between scalping and flipping. Like, scalping is like taking something that would have otherwise been available to a consumer at market. But flipping for a profit is completely different. I flipped plenty of things. Okay. Um, what about I, intelligence I scalp. scalping, where you may buy two of one thing to sell one because you know? I can't. No, you won't do that. All right. I can't do it because it's just as when it comes to toys, especially. It's like I know as a fan who has been trying to collect these things that it's a pain in the neck to get your hands on some of those figures. Like when I was big into Black Series, my goodness. You couldn't get your hands on some of them, hey, at dude, least during that, like you, during the height. You know how many seventy and eighty dollar blue and orange stripe old black series I had to buy because I'm a nut. 
a lot. Yeah, and then so. they re-released almost all of them and they looked better. I mean, if you look at the first version of Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan Kenobi right. Black Series, he looks yep. like he huffed paint all day long. <laughs> I mean, his, his yeah. eyes are crossed, his nose is sideways. It's 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 awful. I mean, the, some of the early Black Series sculpts, if they're not wearing a, a helmet or a mask, they're pretty poor. Yeah. Um, yeah, damn it. Yeah, I just... See, I guess because I've taken it up the butt so bad from scalpers because I am someone that that can't wait sometimes I got to have the full wave I waited too long missed when they were released I don't necessarily feel awful if I do it every once in a while like I, I got a lot of one mm. um, Mezco 112 collectives when I was really in the toy photography I'm not anymore so when they showed up 10 years after I pre-ordered them I'm going I don't need this so they're, they're well that's different I think I don't know I think like if you're ordering it specifically to do that like that's okay. the, all right that's what I'm saying. i don't like, want it like that, i i get you and i am with you I, i'm not here to abuse other collectors but i've taken a lot of abuse so sometimes i feel like i gotta you know make it up on the on the backside. Yeah. but there are a few out there that <laughs> i i know in the toy i'm not gonna call them out but <laughs> they they buy bulk and you know they're flipping all these motherfuckers it's like okay uh but anyway there we go artisan anakin up next we're going with, I I have this one on my list too. He's in my pre-order. Darth Sidious Hot Toys from the Clone Ooh. Wars. So this is when he's in his, his uh like his purples, I guess is what you'd mm-hmm. call that. Uh, I, I will say the, I know Connor, we, we're going to get the rolling eyeballs, but do you feel like the, the facial expression was a, an, an intriguing choice for this figure? You like that kind of, the, <laughs> he's doing like his, do yeah, it. I like it. He's like, he's in his, one of his do it. I think that doing expression, ex, non-neutral expressions can be a, uh, it can be a risk. Um, especially for the photographers. Um, like speaking about it from a photographer's standpoint, I think it could be difficult. Like that new, uh, Norman Osborne that just released has that like, wild looking expression um i personally would find that limiting as a photographer but i think that this is i don't know this is what this guy looked like most of the time yeah no <laughs> I, l- listen i i dig it it's it's, it's a pretty limited package uh, if people have noticed they I, I do like that they're they're now getting away from the little tiny batteries for the lightsabers and are getting into doing usb like the usb yes. power packs that's kind of cool uh, but no, I, I dig this form of of, of Sidious. And this is still technically Darth Sidious. He's not the Emperor yet. Um, is this the episode where he goes and beats up Savage and Darth Maul? I think so. Okay. I think that's what they're basing yeah. it off of because he's got that like his little hands like that. And yeah, it just—I <laughs> mean, he looks cool. I'm I'm a fan of Ian. I'm a fan of this character. I think he's one of the greatest villains, if not the greatest villain in in, in movie history. Completely agree. Um, even more than than Vader. Vader, you know, sure, he looked bad. He was kind of villainy, but in the end, he, you know, he's a good guy when it comes down I to think, it. Yeah, I think Vader is only the greatest villain in cinematic history when you are talking about impact and iconography. Ex- yeah, but when yeah, you're talking about just, bad of the bad, yeah, Sidious takes and, it. And he wins, and he's just, he's a master planner. Everything worked out yeah. until... Well, even that got aborted and literally he, he did everything right up until he had a clone granddaughter and then that did him in. Yay, Tross. Yay, Tross. But no, this guy looks good. Hopefully he <laughs> actually does release in 24. 
um, I do, you know, I'm a sideshow guy, so I always do payment plans. So I tend to get mine a little later than people that buy it straight up, but it, it allows me to not feel like as big of a drain on the family finances when I do it that way. Yeah. I usually get mine a little later too. Cause Mike gets his sideshow releases in Hong Kong first. And it's usually like a three month waiting period before people in the States get them. So. Well, that's why a lot of like the hardcore one sixers, they, they go to pop collectibles. Yeah. Pop collectibles. Cause they'll, they'll get yeah. them straight from Hong Kong. They, 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 like you said, two to three months before us. All right. Next one here, sticking with the clone wars. Um, do you have the, the general Skywalker then the compliment with general Kenobi? Hot toys, Connor? Or are you just getting? Yes, I do. Okay, good. So I will be, I will be hundred percent getting both. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so one. we have Rex Clone Wars, Ahsoka Clone Wars, Kenobi and Anakin, and now yes. Sidious and Fox, right? Yes. I don't think we got Fox like his phase two. No, it's it's it, I, it, it's why I'm not getting it. It's still the phase one fin. And I agree with you. I think Fox is much better in the dark red, not the maroon. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I pass on that guy. I think we still need just a regular Padawan Ahsoka. Um, I have the the sideshow version and she looks great, but it's a piece of shit figure. Literally. Yeah. I'm not a fan of sideshow figures. Dude, I bought them all because I love anime clone wars. I like that style. So I got the Yoda. I have them all, but they look cool. I have them all, but grievous. I got Cad Bane on pre-order, but sideshows one six scale doesn't sniff hot toys butt. it's not even close. Like they're they're, quality wise. uh, The Ahsoka in particular, we're, we're talking about maroon Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. She, like like a fucking accordion dude you stand her up like yeah. it, it, impossible without a some sort of stand to keep her yeah up. all right so clone wars dude, kenobi. general kenobi yeah, he, though gosh pimp. look i mean pimp better listen i hate to say this because anakin vader's my dude but in terms of a figure the hot toys clone wars kenobi is going to look better than the general Skywalker hot toys. It, I can't lie. It, it will. Yeah. It just, I've always loved this Kenobi look. Uh, it dates as far back as the, the Gennady, uh, clone Wars series. Yes. I, I love that. They're, I like that. They're including that. Yeah, I was going to say the phase one helmet is everything that that's the nice touch. And I always liked that. He, he went with the traditional clone armor versus Anakin kind of had to paint his and pewter it out. This this is looking like a, a sweet figure, but I feel like, dude, hasn't this one been on pre-order for a decade at this point in time? No, it just came out okay. last well, year on pre-order. Hey. When when you hit your thirties and forties, time will start going even <laughs> faster for you, pal. Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> Next toy here, another, and this one should not surprise you. If you know Connor, you watch Beyond the Dune, see, you know he is a super fan of the Kenobi series. So not only is he excited for Clone Wars Kenobi, but he wants Kenobi Kenobi. Yeah, I've been clowned on for my Kenobi opinions. That's fine. I'm like the only person on the internet who seems to like this show. Yeah, you know what, dude? I just rewatch it because, and this is going to make me sound like I'm a I'm a I'm an idiot, but I do feel it's a nice companion coming right out of Revenge of the Sith. Bef- I do too. Before you start watching. Uh, a new hope or rogue one or that type of stuff because you 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 do kind of get to see a a 10 year in the suit anakin and and what that life has done to him and i i do i do dig that i I will say overall the the production stuff is starting to rear its head more for me connor when i watch kenobi yeah i'll give you that 
I'll give you that, especially coming off Andor. It's hard not to see it. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that. And I don't know. Some of the stuff feels a bit, a bit slow or bogged down, but, but overall, I always, I always go back to, it was meant to be a movie and you can tell. Yeah. And it was, I mean, the guy that wrote it since it came out, is like, no, this was this, this and that. Yeah, this was actually sound like a great film, but whatever. But no, I'm, 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 I'm I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Kenobi. And I'm getting this figure too, but what do you think about that fucking face sculpt, dude? <laughs> like the So I actually passed on this figure because of the face sculpt, but recently at some of the recent shows, they they've it. updated it. They've updated the sculpt okay. and it looks way better. Okay, good. They've not done any official promos as far as I know, but it uh, it looks it looks pretty solid, I think. So th- this is one this is a series where I got caught up in the I got to have them all cuz I I got the Grand Inquisitor, Revo be coming next week. Um, I ordered Kenobi. I got the Purge Trooper. Uh, I'm going to talk about, I got the guy we're going to talk about next. So the, for some reason, dude, the, the Kenobi series was like, yeah, I think I'll get every single hot toy. They, they all look great. They have it's to insane. Offer. <laughs> so. like, they did some dark magic for that Grand Inquisitor figure. Cause that is, Here he like, is. spot on. Here he is. That likeness is unreal. Yeah, no, he looks good. Looks good. I, th- all the plastic up here concerns me if he falls. Yeah. I can see that shit cracking, but yeah, no, he's a good looking figure. I'm sure a lot of you guys follow Kiko collects, but he did a picture of him and it's like, it's like he just found Rupert Grant while they were filming. Damn it. You and just Rupert reminded Grant, like, did I just say Rupert Grant? Remember friend, excuse me, not Ron Weasley, but yeah. Rupert friend. <laughs> you just reminded like, you know, we lost our account over the summer, which means I lost a lot of the people that were following us and tagging us. And that's one right there that I've not seen in since July Kiko. But I, I, I like what Kiko does because uh, that's kind of what I've kind of transitioned into just portraits of one six scale. And I like how he lights like he he lights in a way that's that's minimal, but poignant. Like it, it, it it's the really draws your eye. Right. It's the it's the perfect targeted lighting where I really light a scene where, I, you know, I, I, I kind of really light up my subject. I might try to start doing a little bit more of the Kiko shit, but. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me about Kiko. Yeah, I talked to him years ago when I first started doing portraits and asked him for some advice on how to do like some how he does his lighting. And he's a he's a good dude. It is. It, I know portrait. You know, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds with toy photography because to me there's 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 kind of two brands. There's the 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 scene toy photography, kind of what what you're into. Then there's portrait and yeah. portrait. You know, you're like, hey, how hard's that? It's it's harder than you think. I, it's not as hard as as the scene stuff that that people like press pause do and 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 Sir Dork, where you're planning things out, you're bringing in you know actual practical effects. You know you're gonna need some posts on there. Where the the portraits these days and why I've kind of settled on that. It, it's it's just a time thing. I mean, being 43, working, I got a kid who's almost eight now. All that fart around time is gone for me. And I know it's going to be back at some point in time. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I still love toy photography when I can get the time back. But, you know, Connor, these days, if you can get two hours, like, all right, stand them up. Let's stand them up in front of a digital background. No, I, I hear Let's you, light man. it. Let me, let me try to yeah. get a decent portrait because the way I do it now, I just I flip my monitor vertical. That's my background. I know I'm shooting. Really? You do Digi? You do Digi-Ramas? I, I, I would not guess these, that. It looks like you had sets. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of like Seth these days. I'm not very active, but any, any uh, portrait shots you're seeing on Haywood Pop right now are, are, are digital. 
backgrounds for the most part. Well, you sell it pretty well. I wouldn't have guessed Thank that. You. That's, that's my boy, Jason Young over at work, more or less, was the the original Digirama guy that, that I learned mm-hmm. from. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to get back outside because that, that is where I loved shooting the most. Even the big boys, I, I'd take them out. Just You never know what world you can create, even in your backyard. If you get down low on the ground... Get a little yep. figure there and put it in your camera lens. You never know what that 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 viewfinder is going to give you. You know what I mean? I can't do it outside, but I I appreciate the people who can. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, there, there there there's a type of toy photography for everyone. I just need to get back on the horse because one problem I have, I, I would assume you may have based on how you collect. Until I shoot a figure, Connor, it can't go in its case. Okay. I can't, I can't unbox it until I am ready to take a picture okay. of it. So yeah, we, so. some of that oddity is in there as well. I, yep. I, I, I can feel you, but I now I, I've got the, the GI purge CAD Fennec Mando Luke and Ahsoka all sitting here unboxed, needing <laughs> their day at JC Penney's, if you know what I mean. Like they, they, they need their portrait family photography so they can go in their damn glass case. I just, I need to do it. <laughs> all right. Back to the topic here. Good times here. We're talking with uh, Connor Tierney at Press Pause Photography on Instagram. One half of at Beyond the Dune C, a great show over on YouTube and Spotify. We're going through our top, most hyped, anticipated (laughs) Star Wars of 2024. We're going through our toys. Last one here, I believe, is one of my most anticipated figures in all time. And that is Battle Damage Vader from the Kenobi series. I mean, dude, I want this yes. guy so much that I've considered buying scalping prices of the Black Series version that's out now. <laughs> All right, oh, well, this one? You got him? This one. Did, I do got him. So you got the Target pre-order in time and all that? I didn't pre-order it. I actually just happened to see it. And I was like, you know, because I was going to get the hot toy. And I'm like, you know what? You got him all in right. the wild? <laughs> I did. Holy shit. I know. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? I know. I couldn't believe it either. I'll tell you what, man. When I when I was in my 20s, living on my own, living down in Texas, one of my favorite things to do is every night go out, go out to toy stores when they existed, Targets, Best Buys yep. for Tech. But finding a collectible in the wild, there's no better feeling. There, yes, you're there's absolutely no better right. feeling. I have, a, I have a friend of mine when we, uh, when the mural art, black series just launched we we had gone out her and i we would go toy hunting all the time and we were so hyped for that mandalorian because that was the uh, best car mando and we were on pop finder you remember pop oh, finder yeah, you know dude. you could type in the skews and we were like there's one target it's an hour and a half away and we were so stupid we were like we're gonna drive that full hour and a half and sure enough they had the whole wave and it was like christmas morning you know I mean, and that was that was even that long ago. That was like a couple. That's years what ago. I it mean. It, it cool. just like collecting has changed dramatically. You know, probably since the pandemic, even a little bit before. Yeah. But I can remember, dude. You know, TFA, TLJ, Toys R Us would have a, a dedicated midnight toy launch. Yeah, it, Force Friday. Yeah, I'd be down there with all the other nuts. Like, hey, let us in. Let's try to get the wave. Let's. And that's when I was still collecting the the Funko Pops. Like, I remember those. Like, oh, there it is. I got it. I got it. I got it. Do you need? Do you really need three? No. Okay, give me one then, you dickhead. Like that type of stuff. You'd be. <laughs> you right. kind of be with your own kind, but that's always dangerous because you know they are like you, and and they're going for the same shit as you. All that's gone right. now because really, brick and mortar toy stores are dead. All we're left with are the targets of the world. And depending on what city you live in, your target or Walmart toys could be 
exactly. complete barf. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That'd be my dream to find him in the wild because I, I just... Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay. Because I don't really look that often anymore. And... Uh, cause I not really, I don't really look for anything anymore. Uh, I do go down to my, I, I don't get there often enough anymore, but my local toy shop, they have, they get just about everything in. Uh, so like if I'm ever in the market for like a new black series, that's going to come out or something. I don't pre-order anymore cause I know he's going to get it. Yeah. I mean, so. that's, that's really what it's been replaced with is just online pre-orders that the hunt has all but been killed for the most part. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Sad. All right, so we got this Hot Toys Battle Damage. He looks awesome. Can't wait. It's it's going to be sick. All right, so moving into games here. I threw this one on the list, and its development has been sketchy. It was supposed to come out, I think, a year or two ago, so it's probably going to be garbage. But just for the fact that it's taking so long to launch and the fact that it is kind of uh, like this, the arena team-based Overwatch-style shooter... I do have interest in checking out Star Wars Hunters. Um, yeah. I When that was announced, I thought that they were, I thought the announcement was going to be like a Star Wars Battle Royale. And then it was this. So I'll admit I was a little disappointed because I wanted a Star Wars Battle Royale game because I'm, I'm not a Fortnite guy. I did like Warzone at the time, so I was hoping that there would be a Star Wars version of that. This, I'm intrigued to check it out. Um, I really don't have much else to say about it other than just it's intriguing. I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, hey, it, it, it's Star Wars. It doesn't look like crap. I'm going to try it. That That's pretty much yep. who I am. I, I know sometimes I've been, Connor has like, he, he like calms me. I, I don't think I've really had too many freakouts today, which is impressive. But, <laughs> uh, and I, I really do like all Star Wars. Even when I get on my, my tangents about the prequels, Revenge of the Sith in particular, you got to understand, I, Star Wars is still number one with me yep. like a, yep, exactly. I, can, I can critique it that's okay that's like that's called having an opinion everyone should should get used to that it's okay to have different opinions as long as you don't share them on the internet and then it's not okay according to most people because they're they're right. the experts <laughs> you're the idiot yeah but there's i don't know just don't be an incel matt that's all it comes that's down right. to you know I, I sit here every day like why won't they have sex with me mom <laughs> um so yeah no hunter's I kind of like the animation style. The the genre, like I said, if done right, could be fun in the Star Wars universe where you, you kind of have specific class-based roles. If it feels anything like Overwatch, I could at least fuck around with it for for a little bit because I, I, I miss competitive gaming, competitive shooters, stuff like that. I think that'd be fun every yeah. once in a while. All right, the other game we're looking forward to and this is the big one. I am I am really jazzed for this, and I think Connor is as well, and that's Star Wars Outlaws. Yes. Um, Star Wars Outlaws. Now should be coming Bring out late on. 24 instead of in a couple months, but that's good. It's still coming out this year. Nick and I were, were, were kind of speculating that it may hit during the video game release season, which is usually in the fall, October to December, to kind of capitalize on, on the holidays and whatnot. But Connor, this, that's kind of Ubisoft's window. Yeah, it's just like this is it's going to be a first for for Star Wars Outlaws is it is the first time we're ever mm-hmm. going to get in a, a pure open world Star Wars game. Uh, you know, KOTOR, not open world. It was big for its time, but not open world. You still had to go to dedicated planets. The planets were walled off. So mm-hmm. on and so forth. This is going to be open. There's there, there's going to be factions. There's going to be, you know, morality 
uh, you're you're playing as this this upstart scoundrel, which I love. I I really appreciate that you're not coming in as a known character or a a, a space wizard. Yes. I love that you're just kind of mm-hmm. a person. Uh, so the 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 potential here, and knowing Ubisoft's background in these types of games, Massive's background with these types of games, we've always all of us. Whether you know it or not, your subconscious has been asking for. You know what? It'd be great to have like a, like a, you know, an Assassin's Creed, but Star Wars. Yep, exactly. Or the, um, you know, did you play their, their um, Shadow of Mordor series? But, but, but Star Wars. You know, we've always wanted that, and and that's what this Outlaws is supposed to be. And I'm I'm super excited for that potential. It, I'm I'm gonna be, forty four years old. And that'll be the first time in my life that I'm truly playing an open, an open world Star Wars game. And that's very exciting for me. It is exciting. I'm I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan, or at least I used to be. Um, And yeah, just the idea of like Assassin's Creed in space is super intriguing to me. I, I said this on our show last week that I think at worst, this game will be bland competence. And I think that that's. But but for because it's for Ubisoft. people like us, that'll be like a ten out of ten, right? I mean, even yeah. if it's I mean, but it's still Star Wars. Yeah. Like, and I say that as like a good thing because I think that you're not that it would be good to get bland competence, but that I don't think that we're going to get just absolute garbage from this game. No, uh, I think that it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty solid. It's just going to Ubisoft makes pretty rock solid games. They have kind of by the books design choices. Um, you're it's going to be pretty familiar, I think, feeling, but familiar familiar gameplay wise and just a new way with star wars because like you're saying we've never had this with star wars so i think going with someone like ubisoft is a smart move because now yeah we're going to take that familiarity that all everybody who plays video games knows and we're putting them in a galaxy far far away um which i think is a really cool really good choice i'm excited i'm really excited yeah, it's for just it. like i said having a kind of a i know she has a name was it is it Kess or K or Val, I, f- I forget. Oh, geez, off the top of my head, it's something like that. You're gonna have this droid in a trench coat. She's gonna have that's this so this cool. little alien <laughs> companion that's supposed to kind of serve as a as a BD one type of character. Um, now I heard you're a big fan of Cal Kestis. I heard that. I was like, I don't know about that shit. Uh, I'm. Not, I mean, I wouldn't say huge fan. He he, but he I does do get like better Kestis. in Survivor. How, like. I do like he, him. he gets ten times better in Survivor, but he to me he's always milk toast cow from the first game. He just didn't really stand out. <laughs> I know. I know. Survivor, he there was a shift. He he definitely got a little edgier. So I, I'm a little higher on Cal these days. Um but the, the Survivor, the gameplay is still hot garbage. So moving on. I know you're a you're a souls like hater. I, yeah, but a Jedi should not fight like he has a broadsword. You know what I mean? That's they're, true. They're, That's how, true. how many parry counters do we really see in Star Wars movies that go slow, that yeah. go slow, okay? I just think that it's difficult with like a video game translating that because you either, on one hand, you're going to have a hack and slash like Force Unleashed and that gameplay can get really stale. At least it does in my opinion. Or you go with something like Fallen Order and you just have to deal with kind of some of the lore inconsistencies. I just, I, I just hate how heavy everything no, I felt. Get it. you know what i mean like it, i he, get it cow should be zipping around like all right whatever <laughs> nice sound effects <laughs> there here this isn't it I, I forgot this one was even coming out but i'm definitely adding this to my radar now that connor brought it up but that is dark forces remaster and i actually have a screen of uh, one of the remaster now and then don't get crazy they're not 
they didn't bring it into 21st century visuals, but they, they, they kind of put a nice coat of polish on. It's going to release on pretty much every platform out there. And this one's coming up, I think, end of February. So yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, because I over Thanksgiving, PlayStation was running like a stupid stale on Star Wars games. I just got my PS portal handheld, so I was able to stream from my PS5, making it easier to game around the house with the family. So, dude, I, I grabbed uh, Jedi Academy, Academy Two, uh, Republic Commando, Pod Racer. Nice. So it's like my brain is already in that. Well, really, this is kind of the game that kicked off yes, all that, all the, Katarn all the Kyle Katarn adventures. So, yeah, I'm definitely ready to check this one out again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I just, it's one I never, I have never played any of those games. So, oh, really? Like to... none of the, the Jedi Outcasts or Academies? Or... No, because I never had consoles okay. growing up. I was only, we only ever had handhelds. Um, and so I missed a well, lot of the those. next time they, they mark those down like a couple bucks. You might want to, might want to fire those I'm, up. I'm looking to get the, uh, the heritage pack on switch. Cause I'm more of a, I have a PS5. Perfect. It, yeah. Same of, thing then it, it's yeah. Same yeah. games for sure. Yeah. You, you won't, you won't be disappointed. I'm going, th- I think it's Academy and it really is. I mean, you, you are, you're playing as one of Luke's initial students and kyle's kind of your your master so it's it's good shit at least for legends type of characters all right so now we're moving into the the shows of 24 so we're winding things down here i know the show's been going a bit long hopefully everyone's been enjoying our special guests we got connor from beyond the dune sea over here uh, hopefully uh, his wife's not like, hey, dude, it's time to stop playing Star Wars with your friends on the Internet because <laughs> we still have to get through a bit of the fan segment. Maybe I'll do it on my own if he has to go. But anyways, looking forward oh, to right shows in here. 24, buddy. We've got Bad Batch season three. Quite frankly, are you kind of surprised we have seen nothing for it yet? Because, I mean, season two dropped about this time last year. I'm I'm not surprised just because strike stuff and also star wars is very strategic about their marketing drops they've always have been i feel like i feel like people compare star wars a lot to marvel just because they're both disney properties now but i feel like with marvel they're just all the time like you may go and they'll drop a trailer here a poster here you know they dropped the whole series today I know, right? I didn't even like, know it was coming. Like Echo, I, I didn't either. Echo released in full today on Disney Plus. <laughs> right, <laughs> same. I had no idea. So you have that with Marvel, but then on on the Star Wars side, they're very strategic, and so I think that some people it's hard for the disconnect there. So for me, I, I'm not surprised that they're not. Do you now show anything with Bad do you, Batch? Do you think season three kind of kicks things off on Disney Plus? Is it the first show of the year? I would wager a guess. So, yeah. Yes. I, I do too. I, I, I honestly, I would not be surprised if we get a trailer in the next month. Yeah. I would even wager a February drop and then our first big, it's either a February drop or they're really saving everything for May the 4th. That's my guess. Okay. Um, because you you know I mean that's a perfect opportunity they're dropping a show on May the fourth I just I think well yeah because too... last year they it was Tales of the Jedi I believe was the May the fourth show well Tales of the Jedi was fall of twenty two oh no I'm sorry it was Visions season two yes. was was May the fourth you are correct yeah I, I I don't know I could see Bad Batch being a March April 
if we're lucky yeah, or like that. you said it's it's the may kickoff so yeah i mean listen it, it's it's the final season i think we all know kind of where it's gonna head i i was hearing you guys talking about it a bit I, i'm kind of with you that nick and i we've been saying this the the bad batch outside of omega probably needs to die um, in in effort to propel her forward and you know like nick and i years ago even before book of boba fett came out really you know there's a lot of potential to tell stories about yeah. the alpha and the omega okay exactly. we got alphas boba like why set that up yeah i mean it's it's too it's too on point i know dave isn't directly over the animation wing anymore it's it's jennifer and, and brad but dave still is dave and right. you don't trickle that type of shit in there just for shits and giggles. I don't think so. Um, yeah, and and I completely. I agree. would love to see some continuation of Omega beyond Bad Batch, but it it brings her in with her brother somehow. I don't know if that's as adults in Book of Boba Fett season two because they're kind of eating up that that Rise of the Empire Empire era at this point in time, but. Um, I think it's going to be a, a somber season, but I think one that that gives us super fans even more insights into those early years of the rise, specifically what's going on at Tantus and the Emperor's cloning projects. Yep, hundred percent. So that yep, that's I'm with you. All awesome shit to look forward to. You know, we'll be doing it. Beyond the Dune, see, you'll be doing it. We're all going to have our breakdowns once the season drops. So. Yeah, um, I'm stoked. It's probably my most anticipated of the year, to be honest. Yeah, I, I really, it, it's an era I, I very much enjoy these days. I, I love that the Bad Batch was created to kind of give us a look at that literally day zero of the rise of the Empire and, and kind of take us through the galaxy becoming imperialized and and how the people were just kind of sitting around like hey fuck the war's over that's all right you guys want us to have tags and numbers and our ships have tags it all yeah it sounds good makes sense it's all in the name of of peace right uh, peace mm -hmm. and victory and then we we see how he just kept abusing that and eventually right we have the ot and andor and the people revolting against the one thing that they initially accepted as a Hey, this is this is what we were fighting for. Um, so yeah, really great franchise. Sad to see it go. Do you, now, Connor, do you think this is another victim of budget shit, or was Bad Batch always meant to just be a, a three season run? No, I would I would guess it was always meant to be a three season run. It feels like, I uh, it feels like a pretty contained story. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they had a lot of time to tell because it, it literally started at Order 66. So, I mean, yeah. they, they could have technically taken it 10 years up to Kenobi. Sure. And, yeah, they, they could have. That's all, they that's all fresh content. Continued it out. I was, I think this is why I like the show. I was so impressed with season one that it was such a personal story mm -hmm. with the batch. Um, season one better than season two, right? Over In my opinion, uh, I know that's somewhat of a minority take. Oh, it is seems it? Like. I. I don't know, man. I, Do you agree? Oh, hundred. I, I, season one, in my opinion, was much better. I, I, I was not okay. Was not down on season two, but I, I no, I liked season two as well. But I thought the season season one was two better. had a few few clunkers, like that one where it's literally just the the island and a tsunami shows up. It's like right. okay, cool. Yeah, Seth is a big season two fan. He loves it. <laughs> um, and then we got a lot of comments that were the same way. They're like Team Seth. 
right. I don't know. It, it just I felt like I got you know season two. You definitely got a little more personal. They 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 all started to develop a bit more personalities. Tech in particular because they are setting them up for that, right. that great yep. impactful death. Please stay dead, Tech. Stay Thank dead. You. Yes. Don't bring wow, them back. We gosh. don't need it. It was beautiful. Even getting the goggles, beautiful. Don't bring them back. That's what. Yep. Ah, there we go. Bat said season one's better. Thank you. Okay. Thank so you. We Bat. got we got another Thank one you. with us. We're, we'll, I'll put it up there just so people can see. And they don't think we're lying. There you go. Season one was better. That's all we need to know. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to Bad Batch for all those things we just said. Next show here, Skeleton Crew. Um, I I don't have. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say I think this. Out of the live actions, I think this one is it will release first. Yeah, for, I in agree. this year because from everything we were reading, Connor, it it should have been a twenty three release. Um, after Ahsoka, it would have been like the end of the yep. year show we we were gonna get. But I mean, you know, the strikes happened, things got delayed, but it is coming out this year, and and this one is, you know, we keep forgetting about this one. This is Mandoverse, and, and this could while it sounds like they're going to contain it to a, an Amblin type of adventure through the lens of kids, it could add a few more layers to what's happening in that Mandoverse era. Who knows if that means Thrawn's involved at all. It could be a mention. Hey, he returned. It could be something as casual as that. But as you know, we we're talking earlier, Hey, we may only have two more shows before the movie. This technically would count as well. That's true. It's another season of storytelling. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Stranger Things in Space as it's somewhat been Jude billed, Law is a force user. Yeah, I'm. It's kind of a, another mystery box a, show. A, it's like what's going to go on? A child size Max Rebo alien is going to yeah, be a, I know, a, a right? Nautilin or whatever they're called. They're going to be one of the main main kid characters. Urkel's going to be yeah, in it. It's wild Urkel. Stuff, but I know some people are saying he's going to be uh, Hondo, but. Who knows? Because the reason they run with that, I don't know if if you've heard that, but when when he Mm -hmm. revealed that he was on this project, he said he had to be in makeup for like two or three hours a day as a pirate. Right. Yeah, he implied. But he could be like Vane because Vane is going to be in this show too. Vane, the pirate from Mando season three. Yes. He he's he's cool too. I like he's definitely, but you know that that would take a lot of time too. So Urkel could just be like another Nikto or something like that, and and not Hondo. Although, if we are going to get Hondo, this this series would be the ideal place to plop him in because it is going to heavily focus on space pirates. Yeah, I I am down, man. I'm I'm excited. I really like. I said I I kind of don't have a lot to say about this one because I just don't know. It's. I don't know what's all going to happen. Yeah, we, we don't know much about the I mean, show. There was a point in time where they were hinting that this somehow would tie into Ahsoka. Peridia, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Nick and I, we've been spitballing. Does that mean we're, it, it actually t- physically takes place in that galaxy? Or are they in our known galaxy and they get lost in that galaxy? And uh, who knows? It, I, Seth and I were pleading like please don't make this show be how ahsoka and sabine come back yeah no and i i think ezra ezra has to be involved in that yeah i don't think it is but it's just like i know i've it was in some official channel i feel like they did mention it was something between galaxies right they didn't they mention that this show does take place what they they keep saying that you know they get lost in the in the unknown galaxy lost in the galaxy lost well there's an unknown galaxy in our known galaxy 
Oh, no, that's the unknown okay. regions of the known galaxy. Then the unknown galaxy was where Pretty was at, so... Yeah, okay, see, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Who knows? I would prefer to them to stick in our known galaxy, I guess, but maybe gallivant around some new stuff and not desert planets like all we ever see in our known galaxy. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I don't know, is it like veins involved so could navarro be somehow looped in who knows i i I like that though i like that there's not a lot out there about this show and i do too and uh one of the ones we're going to talk about here before we wrap this segment so but i do heck stealth drop the whole thing i'd be i'd be up for that don't even drop a trailer just Just drop it (laughs) (laughs) kind of like echo on disney plus like oh hey the whole series is here should you care i don't know uh, but th- this one should be exciting. I do think this will be the second out of the gate after Bad Batch. Next show here, and I'm I'm with you too. Tales of the Jedi season two. In fact, I'm sure you guys are going to do one. I already have it written down on my you know special topics for a rainy day sheet. But I want to do gr- Tales of the Jedi candidates. You know who who should be in Tales of the Jedi season two? Uh, I think Balin Skull is a fucking fantastic candidate, right? Let, let, let's see who yeah. he was. It, it, they could do for Balin what they did for Dooku in season one. I, I still think cool. what was done with Count Dooku in Tales of the Jedi season one is, is some of the best it's very Star good. Wars narrative we, we've ever gotten. And yeah. after watching that, it's like, holy shit, Dooku is the man. And Yoda and Mace are 100% the reason the Jedi failed. Like they make it so clear. Dooku is like flashing neon signs like guys, 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 there's bad shit going on here. The Senate's fucked up. Something's not right. Hello. I'm having dreams about too. Yo's like, we don't like dreams. Shut up. Go away. It's dangerous. He's like, okay, um, I'm going to go join the Sith. (laughs) There's a great quote from there's like, uh, there's a book. It's called like the book of the Sith or something like that. And there's a quote from Dooku where he's telling Palpatine that Yoda is the reason the Jedi suck. Yeah, It's great. I mean, dude, that's the other best part in attack of the clones. He literally sits there to Obi-Wan Moloch Kenobi and says everything. Hey, guess what? (laughs) The Sith have infiltrated the Republic. They've taken over the Senate. The Sith Lord is the fucking chancellor. Come on. Hello, anyone. This is what I was telling everyone is going to happen, even though I've essentially exactly. helped it get there. But he he warned them all. He was trying to say, like, this is what we need to do. Instead, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go join this Sidious guy because he's feeding me a line that I like to hear. Um, like when, when, he, when he kills Yaddle, dude, that's like. Dude, it's a good scene. Fantastic. Man. It's sad, Fantastic. but it's, it's great. Go ahead. What, what do we got Mando Pirate saying here? Mando Pirate uh, said who who would be my top candidate, Ben Solo. And Tar Vizsla. Tar Vizsla is a good one, too. Tar Vizsla would be, be cool. really That is a good. Be, that's a. Ben Solo. You know, hmm. that, that'd be interesting. I'd love a Ben Solo adventure with like luke and right but do you i i actually had a comment today because we we said this in what in our video and there was somebody who made a comment it's like if they're going to do a three episode arc do one with leia or one with han one with luke one with leia with ben solo like that that's yeah, a see, super fun see idea how Give he me falls that. apart see i just i and you, he's not a jedi though technically he's still classified as an unaligned force user even when he's being trained by Luke? Because that's where I'd like it to be. Nah, man. Nah, yeah, I guess that'd work. 
because I would like it to be during that period, like when he's uh. Well, uh, hey, I guess here's here's the Luke. other like super dorky shit. Since are are we considering Ben Solo a Boken Jedi since he's not being trained at the temple, or is he now becoming back to a traditional I, new Jedi? Jedi? I think that that's new Jedi. Right. Yeah. With bat semantics. Yeah, we we uh, Nick and I classified him as Boken because he's being trained by a Boken Jedi, and they're not necessarily following what the Jedi order. Yeah, did. but they're but they're like a new structure, right? I think that they're like Boken. I would consider to be like there's no structure. You're kind of doing what you have the way, to do. I think the way Balin laid out Boken, at least to me, was you're Boken if you were trained outside of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Yeah, I get that, but at what point though? <laughs> If there's a new Jedi temple, do you create a new, are they just Jedi? Ray, Ray's movie. The new, when they yeah. call it new Jedi order. <laughs> new Jedi that's order when Connor, didn't count. that's when, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Luke's was a big failure. He only had like three and they're all dead. I think he had yeah, four, no, four true. total pupils and they're all dead. And one quit. And one was like, fuck you. I'd rather be a Mandalorian. <laughs> so, Didn't he have more? He had more than that. There were only four that survived yeah, the. What is it? It was Vo, Hennix, and Kai. And that's then the ones the, who uh, hunted down Ben Solo. Right. And, and then, ben and then the, um, I think there was like a Twi'lek lady that was above them. Yeah. Well, as of now, I mean, shit, dude, Star Wars canon changes every day when they feel like either writing a new comic that, or a new book. <laughs> so you never know. That's but true. Yeah, Tales of Jedi. Awesome stuff. Here's go ahead. Here's another whack one before we move on. Uh, I know it's weird because we get we have so much content with these guys, but Anakin and Obi-Wan right as they started their apprenticeship. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that'd be fun. As 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 master and apprentice, or both as the the Padawans themselves. The master and apprentice, like like when uh, when Obi Wan so, just so takes him on as an apprentice. Day zero after the celebration on yep. Naboo, like you know, li- little Jake yep. Lloyd in his tunic after he's given eyes at Padme, we pick up Basically, right there. Okay, yeah, yeah I dig that because it, it, that'd still be you know young brash. I hate this fucking kid Kenobi. You know. Yeah. I think that'd be fun to see. He'd actually have a good looks. looking haircut because the mullet wouldn't be in yet. He he just has snipped his <laughs> his little rat tail. Yep. Yeah, I, I could get down with that. Cause I, I don't think we need Kenobi as Padawan because we we kind of get that in, in, yeah, in we TPM. Get all that. So that that's fine. No, I dig that. I, I could do that. Anything Anakin? Sure. I, I know that sounds weird because of how I feel about yeah. Revenge of the Sith, but He's still my guy. I mean, the, the reason I got so excited for the prequels because I'm finally going to get to see how Luke's dad, the greatest Jedi of all time, could be, become a mass murderer. And that was very exciting for me. Okay. And our last top Star Wars moment of 2024 is the Acolyte. The Acolyte. I, I personally put this one as the last one, Connor, because it is my most anticipated. I... I'm very intrigued by this one for multiple reasons. It's going to be told in a brand new era. It's going to give us our first live action look at what the High Republic, at least the tail end of it, was functioning like and looked like. And more importantly, the bad guys finally get to be the protagonists. Yeah. And all that stuff. The the promise of seeing how the Sith started to infiltrate uh, the, the you know high echelon or the, the the high society potentially getting into the senate getting into the jedi order even 
what were the Jedi like? I mean, how did how, how what was their hubris like at this point in time? Will there be mentions of 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 Plagueis? There's just there's so much that's what I'm yeah man there's to. so much potential with the dark side that I I just I cannot deny this as being what I am most excited for. Yeah, this is a. I am very cautiously optimistic about this one. The only reason I say cautiously is because because we're telling a story about Darksiders, I'm worried that we're going to get another redemption story. Um, Because it's like, this is 100 years before TPM, so whoever we're following, we just, that's close enough to TPM that we don't know what happens to her, right? Because we're following, we're following... uh, Amanda Stenberg's character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember her name. So we're following her character through um, this period. Obviously, we we hear nothing about her Correct. in TPM or any of the lore that we know in canon. So I'm worried that it's not something as simple as, oh, redemption story, she becomes a good guy, sacrifices herself, something like that. I don't know. But on the flip side, I was speculating with Seth, I think this could be cool, that maybe this does get really out of hand and the story could end with like the Jedi uncovering the acolyte and maybe they defeat her and sweep it under the rug because the Jedi were pretty corrupt by this point. I like like that. I think that that makes sense. You know, like, Hey, we got to keep this narrative going that we wiped the Sith out thousands of years ago and there's no way they could ever return. We're the fucking Jedi. Look at our golden white tunics. We're awesome. I could see that, like, and that's where the hubris really begins, and and, and their failure is kind of etched in stone with that that choice, right? That 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 is yeah. now obviously there have been many choices before that. The Jedi were always destined to fail, mm-hmm. but that that was like the maybe the last domino. Like this guarantees their failure now, because Yoda yep. would have been involved in that decision. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I... Yoda's only what fucking eight hundred at this point in time. 780 790 something like that yeah. so <laughs> and maybe they're just an extreme denial too like nah this yeah, can't be a yeah, no, it's yeah. just it's just a pretender because we're reading through Plagueis right now and there's a bunch of pretenders out there what like Sith what pretenders. if it's what if it's Plagueis ends up taking out the acolyte because he he's like listen I'm I've got the plan you guys are fucking yeah. it up you're 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 starting to become too out and about maybe I, I don't yeah. know, but I, I, I don't want Amanda to be redeemed and, you know, she becomes a Jedi or some shit like that. Are, are you kind of referring to what happened with Reva? Yeah, okay. yeah. I just think it's a by-the-book story. We've gotten it too many times, and I'm like, I just think that that's a boring way to go about it. If we're finally going to get a story from the bad guy's point of view, tell me that story. Don't tell me a story of someone who's conflicted and who wants to come back and who comes back in the end, you know? Uh, I'm fine. I assume that she will start as a Jedi, but I think that that's a more fun story. Right. Like make her just be bad. Yeah. The way it <laughs> seems is she, she started, she trained, but I don't know if she fully left the order, but she definitely left her master. And right. uh, it seems like they're going to link back up because he's going to need her to potentially go out and investigate these rumors of dark sorcery. Uh, yeah. I just hope, man, I really do hope we get some, uh, uh, I really hope we get some Plagueis. Here's a wild thought, because in in the Plagueis book, Palpatine gets Maul as a baby because he goes to Dathomir on just kind of like, he's just there and it just happens to uh, 
the opportunity presents itself. And Plagueis has been teaching him about like living in the moment. Um, I wonder if like this person, wouldn't it be wild if like that was Maul's mother or if it was Maul, like Mother Talzin even? Like if they were going to follow loosely the canon of the Plagueis book. And so maybe if they discover Plagueis, the end of the story could be like, okay, we're axing the acolyte because we're just going to take this baby. Baby's more powerful than you anyway. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, wild, I, wild harebrained theory there, but I think Nick and I were trying to somehow figure out if we could cram in like a baby, a baby uh, sheave somehow. But he, yeah, he, he's not quite age appropriate. I don't think. Yeah, I know it's still a hundred years. That's why it's like as I was saying that, I'm like, I'm we're still a hundred years out. So I know that doesn't really work. But the, I, I I do find all that fascinating. I really I like, like time. I like your your idea that this somehow makes the Jedi look very shady by the end of it. I, I like that mm. end right there. Like the end of the acolyte is the Jedi looking bad. I, I kind of dig that because it, it makes sense yeah. to where they end up when Mace is running the show with Yoda and just making bad call after bad call. Uh, it keeps, uh, it keeps the acolyte as the hero. Yeah. Too. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm uh, digging this. I like this. You can come back. You can do this again if you want. All right. <laughs> Although this is going to be a long show, so we I'll start moving here through. All right. Well, that, that kind of wraps our uh, special topic for this week, our look at the top Star Wars moments of 2024. We hit collectibles. We hit games. We hit shows. We're not done yet, though. We still got the fan segment to get through here. And I forgot to uh, pull up the questions they had for us. So we'll just kind of start with that. Typically, each week, we oh. dedicate one segment to our fans. We give them a question to reply to on StarWarsTime.show over on Instagram. And uh, we also do the top five, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, kind of taking a cue from Beyond the Dune Sea to try to get a little more reaction, we started asking questions. We don't get many, but we did have three this week, Connor. So I'll go ahead and... Switch some screens up here. Hit me. And we'll we'll navigate these, you and I, and then we'll see what the fans had to say about the question week. Then we'll do the top five and get your ass out of here. I, I appreciate your time, your effort. You are a true Star Wars bro. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate being here. All right. So our first question here comes from our buddy Mando Pirate, who is live right now in the chat. That's a beautiful thing. He is asking, what is your favorite sentient alien species? We got, we got this question a few weeks ago and I didn't have this answer. <laughs> um, I'm going to give such a basic answer. Probably a Togruta just cause I'm an Ahsoka fan. Um, uh, although I do like Mon Calamari's as well. Hey, it's not so. bad. Yeah. I, I listen, man, though, I know, I know where you're going with this. I know you're, 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 you're a dirt ball like me and, and you, you kind of have a, you have a thing for women with with head tails, so I'm guessing you you, you liked Connor's <laughs> Tagruta answer for sure. You're probably looking for some Twi'lek action in there. I I, I could see that. I'm I, I guess I'm torn between Twi'leks, Tagrutas, and Ewoks. I love my I love me some Ewoks. Uh, Ewoks are fun too. I guess Wookies, obviously. That's yeah, a, they're that's they're a pretty one. awesome too. All right, Dirtbag Matt, Twi'leks. Okay. I mean, Hera, orange pants. Come on. Normal Matt, Ewoks. 
All right, there we go. <laughs> Gotta love those little guys. <laughs> All right, next question for us, Connor, here. If your house is on fire and you could only save one piece of Star Wars memorabilia, what is it? Oh, man, what a question. This tough. This is like a would-you-rather deal. Jeez. I'm, like, looking around my studio here. Like, uh, piece of Star Wars memorabilia. I have so much, it's stupid. Like, I'm like, I don't know that I have a ton of super sentimental stuff from like when I was a kid. Oh, I do actually. Uh, I have the saga collection, Darth Vader, which was part of my original journey to becoming a fan. It was a three and three quarter inch figure. It was right after I watched those movies and we went to Walmart right after uh, or in that week or so. And I saw that figure and I was like, I got to have it. And Almost all the paint's worn off of it, and it's one of my favorite toys from when I was a kid. So that one. Damn, man. I have so many. I mean, I, I literally still have a bulk of my Kenner collection from the 80s. But That's the cool. fact that they're all kind of locked up in a box, does that, I don't know. There you go, just the bin. You know what you I mean? Yeah, bin. I mean, that, that, that <laughs> makes it easy to get away, but is that really that important then if they've just been sitting in a box for 30 years or whatever? Fuck. Uh, damn. Um, I, I, I guess these days, just because it, it is just a great looking piece, if you have it, it's fantastic and it's limited. So I know it's valuable. The, um, has lab razor crest. Mm. Good choice. I, I, you know, it, it's not a good choice, but it's right behind my shoulder and it's the biggest thing I saw. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. It should be something Darth Vader. I just, I can't think what it would be. All right. Next one here. Oh yeah. The mall skull from bat bat actually that's moved right here. Now it's in a prime position on the desk. I love that thing. What item spokes sparks the most joy these days. It probably is my hot toys. I'd say the empire Vader, or the That's or the Rots Anakin. <laughs> as much as I don't like him in the movie, I love the figure. He looks great. All right. Uh, this one is mostly for you. This is coming from our Discord from League of Extraordinary Sixers. She asked us last week, and I'm I'm kind of interested here. What's your what's your show prep like, Connor? If you if you could do that quickly, like like to get a show ready for for Friday release. So, okay. We write in scripts. Well, now that we do writing scripts, blocking scenes. I mean, what we got? Now that we do the intros, it's a little bit more complicated. Um, so basically Seth and I we come up with we come with we try to come up with two or three shows we, that we know uh so we know about a month in advance. Um, we just starting this week have started doing pre-recorded like in advance shows, but previously we were doing them like the week of we were recording on Wednesdays to release on Friday, which is ridiculous. Uh, but we would do the, the intros the previous week. So basically, um, for example, I'll give a little teaser for this week where we're hey, doing a retrospective Star Wars time show exclusive. Woo woo. So we're doing a retrospective <laughs> on rogue one. 
Nice. Uh, because we got a lot of flack for our tier list uh, listing. We put it in C tier. Uh, you didn't rewatch so it did after it. Andor? No. Uh, no. It's a, it's a very highly recommended activity to do because it... I was never like, I know some people, like, oh, Rogue One is, is life. Disney, star, it's I, everything. Yeah, no. And I'm like, hey, yeah, it's, it's not garbage. But I'm telling you what, dude, it's a completely different. It is enhanced yes, with Andor, 100%. Like Cassian is like, okay, I get this guy a little bit more now. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. So we did, um, we, we had that as our, our idea. We came up with an intro idea, this kind of silly idea about us being on the Tantive Four. Um, so we, I scripted that out, um, and we filmed that. So we will film that and I'll usually have a day set aside where I'll actually, I'll edit the, the intro and then we'll film the show. So we film the show and then I'll edit the show and then kind of bundle it together. So I'm a big, like I did the bulk of the work for the show when we started the show. So I made presets and I made everything so that I could just copy and paste for everything going forward. So when I get done with the cut, it's pretty much a drag and drop. I'm good to go. What do you do it all in after effects? You said I do premiere. I I edit my photos in after effects, but uh, films and I do my vision and I do my uh, visual visual effects and after effects. So, uh, but we have a does yeah, premiere so. do the captions for you or do you have to do all that shit no so the way i do that workflow this changed the game for me um so premiere is great for intricate right editing but it's very much like a filmmaking type of program for what we do we don't need that we need just kind of let's get it done run and gun let's just get it done get it out the door so in premiere i will cut the short so i'll get the vertical content cut and that's it just the con just our faces i'll get it out there and i'll get it on my phone and then i use cap cut for everything else so that's using the overlays the text sound effects everything else all comes on just editing it on my phone because it is so much more streamlined to do that little graphical editing so when you when you add actual clips from you know i like how you guys will if you're talking about something you'll splash it on the screen that's in the premiere part no i do that on CapCut. so you'll do well you on just my phone. grab random clips from the internet or do you have them downloaded so i'll go or? to uh there's a couple different star wars screen uh screen cap websites that have like uh 1080 or 4k screen caps i usually go there um get the screen caps that i'm after and then screen record a clip if I need it, and then splice it in, do a little bit of rudimentary editing on CapCut. But that's all you need for the reels. You don't need complicated editing software to do that kind of stuff, and then you just auto-generate the captions. Beautiful. So S- I'd send say me it those, takes me... Send me those clip links after the show. I don't okay. know if I'm going to do, we'll do it because I just I don't have the time. That's why Opus has been nice because it's mostly yeah. thoughtless. I know it's not the production's bootleg, but who cares? I'll say once you get the workflow kind of figured out, it is like it'll take me. It can take me anywhere from 15 minutes to if I'm real. It's a really complicated one, like an hour. But oh, I, I, uh, I am a fan of workflows. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's template life over here as well. Just I, I don't quite yeah. have the, 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 the talent you do. So what, what do you say? Like 20 hours a week, you think? 30? 
Yeah, probably. Is it a jobby at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seth and I have been working pretty hard. We've we're doing some other stuff behind the scenes. Um, because we've been. I don't know. It kind of feels like not to. Not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but it does feel like we kind of have something. Oh no, you do. And I'm telling like, you right now, like it's you, you, you're doing the right things. And if you guys are ramping up your work, that's the right move. Cause the, the idea behind the show was just, we didn't want to be a podcast. We wanted to be a show. That was the idea. We wanted to be like a talk show. Mm-hmm. So we have skits, we have like, we'll have get eventually we're going to have guests on and stuff like that. Um, and so we've slowly been moving more and more toward that goal. Uh, Good. So. You'll be there. You'll be there. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, one of these days, I'll be working for you guys. That's, that's just, that's how, that's, <laughs> I don't know that's about how that. my life pans out. But yeah, I, I, hopefully that works out. So there we go. There's our questions. Now, let's see what the fans had to say. We asked them, what new Star Wars in 2024 are you most excited for? We told them, hey, it could be shows, toys, games, et cetera. You let us know. Of course, only the hardcores replied to it because I think that those are the only people that see our content on Instagram these days. So, up first, our boy 2797 Studios. I'm most looking forward to the Acolyte. It will be fun to delve into that era and the darker side of things. Yes, we agree. You just heard both of us. Our other buddy, Johnny Osage Avenue. Happy New Year's, SWTS. Happy New Year's to you. We speak your name. Most excited for the Acolyte and now news of the Mandalorian hitting the big screen. And of course, all the repaint Mando Black Series figs from the movie. LOL. Just kidding. Oh, man. Didn't think about that. Uh, Like I said, our (laughs) audience is very heavy in the toy collector universe. I think that's why we don't quite get the traction uh, because we're mostly talking about Star Wars these days and not toys. But hey, we got a lot of toy talk today. They're going to be happy. Nova Toymation, I'm most excited for Acolyte. Three for three so far, a series on what the Sith are up to in the High Republic era. Yes, please. Okay, so they're with us. And we got Calro underscore Debro here. I would be excited for Acolyte, but we haven't seen anything from it yet. Isn't that a reason to be more excited? The idea is exciting. I just hope we see some figures from Hasbro when the show starts, not six months to two years after, like we see with other Disney Plus Star Wars shows. Kind of hard to be excited for figures two years. Easier if they were a really dynamic character, though. Okay. Remember, we read them as written people, so I don't usually talk that way. And last but not least, Mando Pirate getting in where he fits in. I'm excited for the Acolyte and TV because it'll be the first time seeing the HR on screen because Mando loves human resources. And he finishes saying, I'm also excited for Star Wars Outlaws. All right. <laughs> like it. I said, my friends, if you want to get involved on the show as a fan, look for the question of the week posted to at StarWarsTime.show on Instagram. And now... Our last segment to bring things home to get Connor off to his dinner. We've got the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Let me do a quick little full screen flippy do. Okay, of course, the browser didn't come with us, but that's all right. We can find it. So the way this works, my friends, we do it every week. Throughout the week, you'll see my happy ass throwing up feature reels on Instagram at StarWarsTime.show of people that have used our hashtag StarWarsTimeShow and have tagged 
at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Then on Mondays, usually young Nick will sit there with his hot toddy and a stogie, and he will go through the tagged only. So add tag Star Wars Time Show. He will look at all those and he will choose his top five. This week, I was hoping to have Connor do it, but because it is kind of a pain in the ass and he doesn't have access to our account and couldn't just see the tagged photos, I decided to do it myself. All right, buddy. So here we go. These are the top five for 1124 to 1824. And no, Very I did not grease you by putting your shot in, although it could have made the top five this week. All right. <laughs> so up first, and I'll be interested to see how you go through this, because every time I do this with one six shooter, he starts <laughs> critiquing the work. So we'll see how you take it. All right. Up first, we got a, a good looking shot from a, a definitely someone that's graced the top five in the past. And that is none other than Star Wars underscore Rick. And what we see here, Connor, because Nick's not here to do this segment. So I'm pulling triple duty. But we got Vader in a Star Wars hallway with a rebel soldier up in a chokehold and another one that has been relieved of his head via Darth Vader's lightsaber. Um, I'm always a fan of violent Star Wars toy photography. So we, when we're losing heads, <laughs> that, that kind of catches my my attention. But Vader's my dude. Watching him do his thing with some rebels will never get old. Yeah, man. Love it. I, I always love Star Wars Rick is great. And I love practical sets. The lighting is great. The reflect dude, Vader's helmet is such a bear to light. He nails it. Effects are great. Awesome. The work. only thing I'll say here, and this is gonna this is gonna sound really stupid to a lot of you, but when you're doing toy photography on Vader's chest panel, the big blue and red lights don't light up. Right, I know. I made that mistake for for the a while. three little ones. Do they they like rotate yep. in order? But the big ones surprisingly never lit up. They never did when they were green and red either. But a lot of times that we like true. to fill those in in the in the post. But there is at Star Wars underscore Rick for you. Give them a follow on Instagram. Up next, I was glad to see this. Tiny Epic Photos is is one of my favorites. They've been around since the dawn yes. of toy photography. The shots always look amazing. And what we're looking at here, Connor, we got a shot of Galen Merrick, a.k.a. Starkiller, a.k.a. Sam Witwer in Star Wars. It's just a great little, you know, it's kind of a portrait shot, but you got this dynamic background that looks like he's raising up boulders. He's holding his blade like he does, kind of like Ahsoka, that that reverse grip. Um, and it, it also shows that this is a a top-notch black series figure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Star, uh, Tiny Epic photos is one of those photographers that like every photo he does is just has this like crispy quality to it. I don't know how other, what other adjective to use other than everything is just so crisp and the lighting is on point. There's a glow to most of his photos. Um, and all those rocks are practical, by the way. I thought that was crazy. I thought that those were added in post when I first saw the Oh, the yeah, picture. there we go. I uh, scrolled through. Yep, this is all practical outside of the uh, the blue. But I like the it. lighting, really. Well, I like that it, it, you have those blue hues all over this photo, but then the face 
has a neutral light yeah. to it. That can be really hard when you're doing effect lighting like this, because when you're dealing with figures that are th this big, when you're with lights, sometimes it can just get really washed out, but he manages to I know. crush One it. One thing I ran into when I was doing this, especially in post, it seems when you shoot in raw, and let's say you're using a blue light like this, a lot of times when I'd bring it over to edit, the blue light would, would almost become purple. Yeah, it gets more magenta. You know what I mean? And then you have to yeah. get in there and start color grading the living hell out of stuff to get back to where you, you wanted to be. But we all love at Tiny Epic Photos, all one word on Instagram. Definitely a, a great account to follow. Up next, this is one of those kind of Star Wars humor shots that I'm a huge fan of. Here we got, this is coming from Faux Toy Grapho and Shaggy Toys on Instagram. Caption here, okay, losers, it's my turn. And what we're looking at, we've got a Pac-Man arcade cabinet in a Death Star hallway with three bucket heads playing and one has next. I can, he's got a little quarter up there. I'm at least pretending. At least those of you are old enough that used to game in the arcade, you know what I'm talking about. But Connor, I always like when people take Star Wars, which is, you know, it, it is a fairly serious franchise if you think about it, and, and kind of puts these characters, especially Empire characters, in silly situations. And, and that's what we get here with this shot from Photoy Grapho as they are competing on Pac-Man on the Death Star. A shot like this always makes me so frustrated that I didn't think of it first. Yeah. Because it's so good. Like, it's just so, <laughs> and it's so simple. Like, it's just such a, it's such a good idea. Emerging uh, those two ideas, like Star Wars and retro, uh, retro oh, gaming, yeah. two of my biggest loves, you know. And it's, I mean, relatively simple setup. You got a couple Death Star walls. You got a, an acrylic panel on top with some nice lighting hitting from both sides and then a little bit of light hitting from the, from the arcade. Um, but the troopers are posed so well. I like the one guy cocking his head. Yeah, look, looking you know, at the, yeah, just, checking the score. I like the, the bomb with the drink, you know, trying to get a, get a right? peek in there. And these are, the, these are the good Black Series bucket heads. I think they, they came out a couple is. years ago, the... Uh, where the helmets actually look like helmets and they're nice and shiny. So great looking work here from yeah. Faux Toy Grapho. Terrific. Moving right along, our next one here, another fun shot. I picked two fun shots this week. This is coming from Nilla Gorilla underscore 14. And it looks like we have uh, Sabine Wren about ready to slam a jamma on a court that seems to be on, on Tatooine. So I don't know. It, it just kind of stood out. I, I, like I said, I just, I like seeing star Wars characters do non star Wars things and playing hoops is definitely one of those. This is a genre of toy photography that I'll admit I've never understood. Like plastic action has become famous from it. Man. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, there's so many. I mean, of he's like been hired by ESPN. I know, I know. I think it's just a me thing. I think it's because I'm not a big sports guy, but it's a great shot. Don't get me wrong. I think they, they've done uh, Nilla Gorilla here. She's done a great job uh, with, with the Digi and the pose is great. But it's like, this is a whole, it's, it's an entire subgenre of toy photography. You are right though. It's I mean, so they're, they're, they're pretty much any franchise that shouldn't be playing basketball. If they have t action figures, they're playing basketball in the toy photography yeah. community. It's just, it's something a, a lot of us can't shy away from. So, um, it's so interesting. But I dig it. Oh, Hey, we got an update here. Uh, Ricardo star Wars. Rick was in there. He's saying the the big lights don't light up my bad. 
Hey, like we said, we, <laughs> we weren't right. picking on you. We were just we were we were we were bringing it up as as fellow Star Wars fans that if you want to be as as real and true to screen as possible, those lights do not light up. But we love your work, buddy. You know that. I say your shot was so good. I didn't even. Yeah, I, 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 we we feature you weekly, so appreciate you. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, all right, moving on from Nilla Gorilla underscore thirteen. I, I just saw this one yesterday, Connor. I don't know if you saw it pop up. This one is coming from at Burkhead Toys. It's all practical. What we're looking at here is the Black Series Vader helmet. And then in one of the eyes through a reflection, he's essentially giving us what Vader was seeing on the Death Star when his old master showed up. So I always love fully practical shots using reflections other camera tricks to get it done and i don't know i just i appreciate the effort and the concept yeah this this shot's incredible it reminds me of that uh i think burkhead toys actually shared it uh was it work more or less who did that shot with boba fett's helmet and you see grogu in the reflection yeah a very similar idea uh the fact that they did this practically is insane to me because i tried this one time and I ended up having to fake it and <laughs> it like it by superimposing a reflection. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the, they, they pulled it they off nail it. And, and again, because I'm a weirdo and I've seen the movie so many times, I do believe the first time he sees him, Kenobi has his hood up. <laughs> yeah. I'll look at it. Is it. This is an artist interpretation, Matt. I, I know. I'm just listen. I I, I am not critiquing anyone because I don't even do this much anymore, and I was not as talented as either Burkhead or Ricardo. Uh, Ricardo, seriously, it's just it, that's all it was is a heads up. Your work kicks ass. We love it. Um, We're just nerds about right, this yeah, stuff. It's, that's it's all. Weird. I used to, I did the same thing, man. Until like relatively recently, I would do the same thing until I was actually looking up a reference photo of Vader, and I was like, wait a minute, did these not yeah. light up? Well, they do. I mean, the hot, hot toys, like they'll, they'll turn it on, but it's, it's not correct. So yeah, it's that top yeah. one will light up. A All right. Bit. So that, that's Burkhead. And that takes us to the end of the top five. And as Nick always likes to say, that takes us to the end of the show. So Connor, why don't you take Ooh. us home? No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll close this out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in all seriousness though, I, I really appreciate you to, I mean, we, uh, I feel like I abused you a little bit going three hours, 11 minutes. Although that usually means we were having fun and, and the discussions just went where it went. And sometimes that happens on the Star Wars Time Show. We have been known to do four-hour-plus shows in the past. I'm not a huge fan of doing three-plus because I don't think people have the attrition for it. But I do thank you for, for holding in. Hopefully you didn't wet yourself, shit yourself, or starve yourself as you gave me hey, your I'm, time. So I do appreciate I'm that. I'm very wordy. You're very wordy. It was bound to happen. Yeah, it, it, it all worked out, but um, <laughs> it was awesome. It went just as I expected. Uh, you're a beautiful person, a great Star Wars fan and scholar. And uh, obviously we'll be watching your career with great interest over on at Beyond the Dune Sea. So before I close us out, don't forget, you can follow Connor and Seth over at Beyond the Dune Sea on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Spotify, and TikTok, right? Those are your main main platforms. Yep. That's and it. Uh, if you you know if you know me and the fact that I'm promoting them, you know it's legit because I don't promote any other Star Wars fan creator, even if they're as big as that goofball Star Wars theory. These guys deserve the eyes from fellow SWTS fans. So at Beyond the Dune Sea. Don't forget about them. Just don't put
put them above at Star Wars Time dot show. That's right. You can find us StarWarsTime.net <laughs> on the internet in between shows. Check out the content. Find the links. Do the socials. Subscribe to the podcast. If you do, make sure to leave a rating and review. Or if you prefer to live stream, don't forget to sub on YouTube. Turn on notifications. Leave those comments. Drop those thumbs as the only things that tell the internet that humans actually like what we do here. So we appreciate that stuff. Those of you doing the super chats and donations, you don't have to, but it's much appreciated and we love you for it. And we'll speak your names into eternity. But as we like to say, there's always time for Star Wars time. So don't you forget it. And you should also make some time for Beyond the Dune Sea. But just remember, (laughs) if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you. Always.